Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's 7 o'clock, and welcome to our Sycamore Township trustee meeting for November the 5th, 2020. Tonight, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are following rules set down by our governor. We're practicing social distancing, and we are Zooming our meetings. Let the record show that all three trustees are here, Mr. Weedman, Co-Chairman Mr. James, and me, General Barbara. Please rise now for tonight's invocation. Here's our road superintendent with that. Mr. Tracy Kellams. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are and what you've done for us. Father, in these changing times, we ask that you keep our country, our state, and our community safe and healthy, Lord. We pray for our leaders, Father. We ask that you watch over them. Lord, we thank you that we are fellow workers with you, and it is you, Lord, that makes all things possible. Please keep us from pride, boasting, and quarreling, Father. Lord, help us to make wise decisions in the assignment of our roles in the township. Help us to function as a unit in which each part cooperates with the others and a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please remain standing for our place to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, tonight uh, it's my pleasure to have a special proclamation honoring Lieutenant Michael Flagg. Michael's here with his family tonight, and uh, a lot of support. There's a lot of support, Chief. You brought a bunch of guys with you tonight, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Good guys. Let me read it to you. Whereas Lieutenant Michael Flagg has served the residents of Sycamore Township with distinction for 25 years as a firefighter and paramedic, and whereas Lieutenant Flagg was one of the original firefighters transferred to the newly formed Sycamore Township Fire Department on October the 1st, 1995, and whereas during his 25-year career with Sycamore Township, he has worked his way up to Lieutenant and whereas Lieutenant Flagg has served as a member of the Hamilton County USAR team and as the primary individual charged with maintaining the fire department's fleet for pump, ladder, and hose testing annually. And whereas it is with great regret that the Board of Trustees has been informed of Lieutenant Flagg's retirement from the Sycamore Township Fire Department as of October 31st, 2020. And whereas the Board hereby extends our warmest and sincerest congratulations and appreciation to Lieutenant Flagg and offers him its best wishes on the occasion of his retirement. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Trustees of Sycamore Township that this proclamation shall be incorporated within the permanent records of Sycamore Township and a copy shall be presented to Lieutenant Michael Flagg by the Board. This is passed unanimously this fifth day of November 2020. Motion to approve. Second. Vote. Aye. 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 Chief, Chief, do you want to say a few words? Yeah. Um, as you said, Mike, he came on board with the Sycamore Township in 95, and prior to that, he was with uh, Silverton and the uh, Sycamore Montgomery private company. Mike's uh, worked his way up. He's done a fabulous job for us, always been dependable for us to keep our fleet going and uh, all the testing and that that he does and he is uh, 
up till October 1st when he retired, he was running a truck and managing a shift, uh, going out making a run. The guy's made a, hundreds and hundreds of runs, saved lives, fought a lot of fires, and he's seen a lot of action. So the old guy deserves a break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Chief, you want to get up there? The old guy. You're the old guy. I kept that out. Want to take the math help with a picture? Sure. 63, I think. Uh, yeah. Chief, you got to get in your step. Rob and I used to be partners for a long time. Oh, wait a minute. Chief, you can take it off. Yep. All right, one, two, three. All right, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Now you are welcome to stay for the whole meeting, but hey, Mike, did you want to say? Do you want to say anything, Mike? Okay. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, Mike. See you guys. Thank you, guys. I remember him in the old. Real skinny and real tall. Yeah. Yeah. Changed over the years. Yeah. <clears throat> so Chief said there's only two originals left. Himself and who Keith Ryan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. How many years, Chief, for you? Total or with the township? With the township year. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Really? And then total is forty-four. Yeah. Yeah. You are. <laughs> More than Tracy. It is. I was, I was, <laughs> just to give you an idea, I was fighting fires in Kenwood Town Center when it was the plaza. Oh, yeah. It was just that single strip. Had Carlson Hardware and them yeah. in there. Kroger's. Yeah. We have another proclamation. Uh, whereas in 2020, an estimated 57,600 people will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in the United States and 47,050 people will die from the disease. And whereas pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest cancers, it is currently the third leading cause of cancer deaths in the United States and is projected to become the second by 2020. And whereas the five-year relative survival rate for people diagnosed at all stages of this disease is 9%. However, people diagnosed at the local stage of a five-year survival rate of 32%. And whereas pancreatic cancer is a leading cause of cancer deaths largely because there are no detection tools to diagnose the disease in its early stages. And whereas the good health and well-being of the residents of Sycamore Township are enhanced by a direct result of increased awareness about pancreatic cancer and research into early detection causes and effective treatments. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of Township Trustees of Sycamore Township, Hamilton County, Ohio, that November 2020 is designated Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month in Sycamore Township, passed at the meeting of the Board of Sycamore Township Trustees this fifth day of November 2020. Motion to approve. Second. Roll. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Okay, next on the agenda 
the new business. Uh, zoning case 2020-06-P2, and we'll turn this over to our zoning administrator, Skyler Miller. Uh, yes, sir. So uh, I have for you tonight uh, a resolution that uh, reflects the uh, discussion that we had at the, uh, the public hearing. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me go ahead and pull this up for you. Oh, that's my staff report, I apologize. We'll get there. There we go. Uh, so I, um, I actually have multiple resolutions on this uh, ready to go, but should the trustees uh, <coughs> choose to adopt a uh, uh, or to approve uh, the, uh, the the planned unit development uh, two for uh, Cherokee self storage, uh, I do have that one up here. Uh, the conditions that were set by uh, zoning commission are attached as Exhibit A and referenced in the approval. Uh, as discussed in the uh, the public hearing, um, the conditions are uh, that a detailed landscape plan be submitted that meets all requirements of the Sycamore Township Zoning Resolution, including a detailed planning schedule and off-site credits on adjoining parcels. Sycamore Township Zoning Commission recommends approval of off-site parking and applicant provide uh, an easement for required parking spaces. Three copies of fully executed and recorded easements including parking, ingress, egress, and drainage shall be required uh, for zoning compliance plan approval. Four, township approval shall be conditioned on the successful approval of plan as proposed by the city of Blue Ash. Um, five, any submittal alterations uh, to the Blue Ash side of the plan shall be shown on the zoning compliance plan. Six, uh, applicant shall document existing trees along the northern property line within the area from the right-of-way line back to the building face, uh, any area that is within the boundary between the parcels. The applicant shall provide landscaping compliant with Sycamore Township uh, boundary buffer requirements. Uh, the only additional item that I added uh, that, I'm, that I'm recommending in addition to what Zoning Commission saw, because of the revised um, plan submitted by applicant on October 29th, uh, item number seven would be any PUD2 approval should be noted uh, to reference revised site plan scheme F as received by Sycamore Township on October 29th, 2020. Mr. Miller, uh, we had a public hearing, of course, at 6 p.m. this evening on this, but for the Sorry. benefit of the public who are watching this meeting now and didn't participate in the earlier one, could you explain just very briefly what this project is? You don't need to go through all the detail. Certainly. Uh, Thank you. I have it right here, so I'll just I'll throw up the, um, uh, the quick plan. So this is uh, application 2020-06-P2. Uh, this was, or this is a uh, application for a 70,500 square foot uh, self storage facility, uh, three stories um, along Deerfield Road. Let's see here. There we go. And I'll throw this up here. All right, 
Uh, this this property is uh, uh, or this proposal is somewhat interesting because it actually uh, sits astride the uh, Sycamore Township Blue Ash boundary. Let's see if I can zero in on that. There we go. Uh, the entirety of the building uh, is uh, is on the Sycamore Township side of the plan uh, with supported parking, uh, dumpster, and drainage. Uh, on the on the blue ash side uh, to the to the west of the building uh, so this is um, this was reviewed by zoning commission on October 13th uh, with the uh, and was recommended for approval with the six conditions I just noted uh, the uh, the applicant did modify the plan uh, on the I guess the blue ash side of the of this to remove uh, outdoor um, uh, outdoor storage it's like RV boat trailer storage uh, that would not be permissible in in uh, the city of Blue Ash all right so any other questions or anything else I should add to could you show the exterior renderings also please? Uh, I can one second All right, uh, so this is actually the back of the building, the west elevation. Uh, as you can see, there's, uh, there's drive up, uh, overhead doors, uh, parking on the, the first floor. Uh, the next two levels would be um, only accessible from the interior uh, and would be, would be more, um, you know, uh, people doors, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, uh, north elevation is, is at the bottom there, so that's, that's what would be seen. Um, um, you know, looking looking south onto the property. All right, east elevation. You can see here that is that would be the the Deerfield Road side uh, of the development. Uh, so it's um, pr pretty simple, clean lines. Uh, but there there is the uh, the roll up doors uh, that would be accessible uh, from from the front face as well. And then this. Uh, this portion down here, uh, the south elevation would be seen from from 275. Okay. okay, and I believe you confirmed in the public hearing earlier there was no public opposition noted from anyone who commented on it. Uh, no, no public opposition. Uh, we only received uh, uh, two calls uh, from from residents who uh, just just had some basic questions that we went over. That's it. Was it unanimously approved by the zoning commission with the conditions attached? Uh, I believe so. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, thank six, you. six conditions. Very yep. good. Any discussion, Tom? Tom? No. Okay. I mean, you want to read that resolution and we can... Yes, sir. So I have here uh, a resolution approving a planned unit development for Cherokee self-storage development in Sycamore Township and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Se Vote, uh, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. <clears throat> Thank you, Skyler. Thank you. All right, next on the agenda is the approval of minutes <clears throat> for the October 1st, 2020 trustee meeting minutes. Now, we have two versions. Uh, we have a long version and we have a short version. I'm going to make a motion to approve the short version. Do we have a second? 
I will second that. Okay. Um, any comments? Is that yes. version one or two? This is the uh, short version. This is version the, two. Version two. This is version two, and um, I think uh, in our October first meeting, we um, we all agreed in lieu of uh, Mr. Porter reading the 49 emails that we received that they would be summarized, they would be uh, listed individually and summarized in the minutes, and a copy of the full email would be attached to the minutes. Um, I thought that was what we were going to go to until uh, we received a, uh, a notice from Beth in the office that uh, she said that Mr. LaBarbera changed it to read the township received 47 emails, it's actually 49, in reference to the letter from concerned citizens of Sycamore Township, most of which expressed concern about the hiring process for the new administrator and requested dismissal of Mr. Work and the hiring of a new administrator in an open and transparent process. I think that by switching from the version one to version two, we are totally taking our residents and the voice of our residents. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say we're gonna take that off the table and let's go to version one. The long version, I make a motion to approve that. Do I have a second? I'll second that. Okay. A vote on this? I, I just Mr. A, James? Well, I, I just have a comment here. I'm fine with either version of these, frankly. My concern is with uh, individually listing all of these in the minutes with the names of the people who put them in, some of those people, I think, uh, frankly, I thought we should have kept their names out to avoid embarrassing them later. Some of them were misled and frightened and goaded into sending this email from a nasty letter they got and once they learn the truth about some of these things frankly they may regret having made the comments that we are now preserving in our minutes but these are but public records they are public records yeah. and they're public accessible publicly accessible either way of course but mr weedman wants to include these in there so i'm fine with that okay i believe it was improper to have any of those emails read to be included in the minutes is ridiculous but we'll move on. I have a motion to approve the October 13th workshop. Do can we I just have a second for you? Just, I just got a question for you. No, we just, we, can we, I just we moved can, on. Yeah, we but I, did, on I just wanted to ask you a question because what you just said. When, when we have 49 residents who sit down at their desk and they send us an, an, uh, a note or a, an email or whatever, are you saying that we should avoid having a conversation about those? Because we have a conversation when they, when they, uh, uh, we get positive ones in for the fire department or positive ones in for Tracy's department. Are you saying that we should completely ignore those 49 people that sat down and sent in an email? Because I, I'm, I'm going to avoid, totally avoid this time, but okay, I, I'm going to say that I cannot make an informed decision without all the information. We didn't have all the information. As the elected chairman of the Sycamore Township Board of Trustees, when I let Mr. Porter read the email from a resident prompted by the concerned citizens of Sycamore Township, the letter that was sent to residents, I agreed to acknowledge those repetitive emails because Mr. Porter and Mr. Weedman said this is the way it's always been done. Not reading them and including them in the meeting wouldn't be consistent with our normal policy and procedure. The emails were part of a coordinated effort to defame our administrator. It was character assassination of two elected trustees and the administrator, Mr. Weedman, supported and reaffirmed his conviction in a mass political email sent to residents after knowing that much of this was false. First of all, there's no normal policy to read emails in meetings. And going through meeting minutes, I couldn't find a single complaint in the last 12 years and none saying anything negative about an elected official of Sycamore Township, employee or administrator or trustees. Several complimenting us on leaf pickups, snow removal. Those emails were paraphrased in a sentence or two. 
There was one, as a matter of fact, that uh, apologized for spitting on a uh, EMS worker going back to 2008. There is nothing in the Ohio Revised Code or Ohio Sunshine Laws that states that emails must be read at a public meeting. If allowed, it is a privilege, not a right. In talking with fellow trustees, members of the Ohio Township Association, <coughs> they are appalled that these emails were read in a meeting and especially surprised the trustee Tom Weedman, a physical office reporter, supported this action. They answer those emails outside of a meeting when they can. As board chairman, no emails with comments considered political in nature or promote a specific candidate or issue will be read. Defamatory material will not be permitted. However, those emails should be answered outside of the meeting when possible. We're here to do the business of the people. Let's move on. Okay, now, a motion to approve. Motion a second. Okay. okay. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Um, Fiscal Officer, Rob Porter, pay bills, read receipts. Wait, wait, wait. We, that was the 10 1 minutes, then we need to do the October 13th minutes. Also. We just did. That's what I just no, said. No, no, that, that was the first. The first one. Okay, October 13th. Um, motion to approve. Motion to approve. Do we second. have a second? Yeah. Okay, vote on that. Mr. Wigman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. All right, motion. Okay, now, Fiscal Officer Rob Porter, pay bills and read receipts. Yes, we have receipts of $981,501.38, disbursements of $2,356,989.15. A complete listing of the receipts and disbursements is available in your packet. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Could you read that receipts number again? I didn't jot the whole thing down. $981,501.38. Thank you. A motion to approve, and we have a second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. Porter, would you give us the October report? You showed us the September report. Do we have the October report? October report for and Every month you, we have reports. We have reports going back August, September report for the month. So October, we have a report for October. Financial report. Financial report. The report that you get, we got from the last month for the month of September, the month of August, you show us a report. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that went out in the packet. Yeah. No, the October report, do we have it? Yeah. In the packet. We do have a report. Okay. So we'll get this every month then. Yes. Public comments? I, I, I do have a question, I guess. The Just from looking at, we, we got this a few hours before the meeting by email. Uh, it was printed a couple of days ago. I'd, I'd like to get them a little sooner to have more time to look at this. She just ran the, uh, finished running the, uh, I'll try and get it to you sooner. Okay. I, I'm not trying to. Yeah, just delay and, that. Yeah. And I know this is a relatively new thing to be doing this. Right. So I understand that. The numbers are varying still, and I have a question about that. The final appropriations figure for the year, and I know we've done some appropriating recently to move some things midstream, but the report we got at the end of August showed that the final appropriations for the year were about 40,108,000. And then the one at sept end of September, that had gone to 41.5 million. Um, from 40.1, but now this new one is 47.6 million almost. And I don't think we've appropriated that much more in the meantime. Do you know what the reason I, I don't know what they are. I, I can give you some guesses as to what it might be. Uh, I can tell you exactly what I did. But well, it, might, it, it might be the, uh, the uh, COVID money mm -hmm. that came through and also the, the appropriation we made for, uh, for raised salary. 
Okay. Those well, are a couple things that would add up to. That, that would add up to still less than half a million. So, well, maybe a little more than that, but we're looking at a $6 million difference. So I, I'm just curious. If you or Debbie can let me okay. know later, sure. I'd like to know that because I sure. want to track these numbers. That's why we're doing these monthly reports. To go okay. okay. Thank you. And that I did not see it. I did not get the email. I was here at the township, so I missed it somehow. But thank you. Okay. Public comments. Members of the public um, who requested a Zoom meeting invite will now be given the opportunity to participate remotely. We follow rules set down by a previous board. Four-minute time limit. Not a time for a dialogue. Uh, not a question and answer period. We could answer your question. And when you were through talking, we could do that or, or during the trustees' comments. But please leave your contact information and someone will get back to you. As chairman of the board, I'm adding persons are required to speak in civil, respectful manner and limit comments to township business or operations. Comments considered political in nature and defamatory material will not be permitted. The use of threatening or disrespectful language will not be tolerated. Scholar Miller, do you? Yes, sir. Uh, we have we have one member of the public that wishes to speak, Mr. J. Janis Jr., and I will unmute him right now. Yes. Can you all hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, it's my understanding that Tracy Lee Hughes, a Sycamore Township resident, currently serves as an alternate member of the Sycamore Township Ohio Board of Zoning Appeals. It's my understanding that she is under consideration for advancement or promotion or appointment as a full-time voting member. I would like to highly recommend her. I personally served on groups in Sycamore Township with her. She's a professional businesswoman, a longtime community activist. She um, relates well to people. She uh, accepts input from other people. She responds promptly to the citizens. Uh, she sits on, currently sits on the land use and planning commi uh, committee. She offers valuable input into that. And uh, I would also recommend her not only to be a full-time voting member, but to chair the group due to the recent uh, resignation of the chair of that group. Thank you for your considerations. Next item is recently Sycamore Township put on their website a um, public hearing or public comment time period for a $100,000 CBDG grant, which would be specifically for COVID-19 related issues to assist restaurants in Sycamore Township. I, um, I'm very disappointed that there is only a five-day opportunity for people to respond. Apparently, it was either by, it was by email to uh, the, the planning technician, Steve Ruchelsofers. Um Subsequent to that day, I um, contacted the township, made a public records request to see all the public comments. I was the only one. As many of you are aware, I am quite biased in, and in favor of advocating for disability issues. With this COVID-19, our township with the alternative sites for picking off, picking up and dropping off documents, which is the Southside Fire Station, Southside Library, to me, things much should be desired, including no curb cuts, no truncated tongues, inaccessibility for high curbs to not only that location for document pickup and retrieval, but the sheriff's office right next to no um, next door. 
It's my understanding that at this time there are, my words, gobs of state and federal money that's available to communities, governments that can be used for COVID-related expenses. I would highly encourage all of you to um, strongly consider that. Since I was the only person that responded, my other question on that is, does my input have any influence on the trustees and administration? Um, if not, how would, who and how would that de be determined as to which restaurant would get that, um, that money? Do we even know how many restaurants we have in Sycamore Township? And my last item is, and I've handed this, uh, and carried this to the three trustees and administrator, Residents every quarter get a mailer from a uh, preferred utility supplier, and to me it's very mis misleading, unethical. It has the Sycamore Township logo on it, and at the bottom, inside the body of it, we, you're automatically slammed into that, um, and it has Sycamore Township logo on the envelope. Says uh, Sycamore Township has chosen Dynergy to be preferred electric supplier. My understanding that possibly might be the supplier or um, preferred supplier for former trustee Bishop's brother. I'm not sure, but at any rate, I think our township should be advertising promoting all outside utility suppliers, not just one. Also tells you to complete the form. Below, mail it within 10 days at your expense. If you don't mail it in, you're all you're automatically turned over. Converted. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you, Jay. I actually have a few questions about some of those things. There's nobody else lined up to speak, is there? No, sir. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Mr. Janice did raise a good point about that Dynagy mailing. That's something I brought to Mr. Warwick's attention after I got it at home. But I, I know we have the aggregation program. I think it is a benefit to the residents with what we've set up here. But they sent out a mailer designed to look like it came from the township with our logo on it on a letterhead designed to look at almost any glance, if you didn't pay attention, like it was coming from the township too, rather than noting they were endorsed by the township or approved by the township. And frankly, I have a problem with that. Uh, I know, Mr. Warwick, you, you got in touch with them about that and got some explanation, but it, are they going to keep doing that? They'll do it whatever way we want them to. Uh, it is, it's, it's typical that a township that has an aggregation program that they would let their logo be used in that uh, communication. But yes, I spoke with them, and the next, uh, next go around, uh, we'll go ahead and let the board review uh, what's going to be sent. Okay, and, and again, using our logo even I think is fine, just not designed to look like it's coming from us. So that's good. I understand. responsive as to that too. I, I appreciate that. If I can just add, we don't have it trademarked. We don't have that logo trademarked as I understand it. So we may, if we want to do take the next step, we may want to think about that in the coming weeks. There are communities that do that. Yeah. Yeah. It may be something to think about doing then. Yeah, I mean, it, it prevents, you know, the concern about people usurping, uh, you know, your, your mark, your branding, and making it look like it's coming from you. Uh, you can't stop them from using the name Sycamore Township, but you can't stop them from using your logo. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Janice also asked about that grant program involving restaurants, and he had asked me about that when he learned about it, and it was news to me, frankly, too. Can, 
Can someone, Mr. Warwick or Mr. Kellums mm -hmm. or someone in the know on that, explain what the program is? I understand there were some short windows of time where sure. things happened. There are, I don't know how many programs, five, six, 110. There are a bunch of these COVID programs. This particular one is, is from the county, and uh, it's for $100,000 if we get it. And the county very much encouraged us to use that money to help restaurants who have had a horrible time and we're losing them every day. And so uh, that's what we'd like to do. How we're gonna divvy that up among the various restaurants in the township, we don't know yet. We've got some ideas. I believe there's a meeting on Monday where we're, we'll nail that down and we'll come back to the board and tell you what we think we should do. With respect to uh, doing the compliance, uh, ADA compliance stuff that uh, Jay was talking about, we've got other funds that we can come up with to get that done. Um, earmarking the $100,000 towards the restaurant uh, 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 side in no way takes away any funds for the kinds of things that he's talking about. And as to the ADA compliance, Chief Penny might want to speak to that when it's your turn to present your report. I know you've already had some ideas and taken some action in that regard. Anything else? All right, we'll move on with the sheriff report. Lieutenant Mike Tarr. Lieutenant. Uh, nothing new this month. Um, I would like to thank everyone in the community that uh, reached out and offered their condolences to the guys following the death of Corporal McMillan. Um, it really meant a lot to those guys. It was appreciated. Thank you. EMS Fire Report. Uh, here's Chief Penning, Rob Penning. A um, couple things. The, uh, the monthly report, you'll get, an e you'll get it all emailed out to you tomorrow. It's finished it up today. And um, it's on the website currently now. October, we had 152 runs that were COVID symptoms. We don't know if they actually turned into cases or not without until they get to the hospital, but our medics evaluate Chief, every say that again? 152 in the last month in, in October, in October. Okay. That, that were that were COVID symptoms of the type of run. So um, we the medics were asked go through the, the fever any of the symptoms they have and if they have anything related then they we classify as covid symptoms doesn't necessarily mean they have it um we we have 57 residents that are quarantined in their home currently um and we have 10 that have been released in the last 14 days from from being uh in, in their you know in their house so it's, uh, you know, it's still a work in progress. We're still taking major precautions, PPE, the whole bit, sanitizing. We treat it the same as we have in day one because we have to. So, um, Chief, can I ask another question? Yeah. Before you go to the next subject. The 57 residents that are quarantined, are they actually COVID positive or mm -hmm. are they in contact with people that were they, 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 self-quarantined? COVID so, positive. They're COVID positive. Okay. Mm -hmm. And some of them, there's more than one per house. So. Chief, when the 14-day quarantine period ends, are they tested again? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. So they have to actually get a negative test before they're allowed yes. to re-enter the community? Mm -hmm. We had we one of our full-timers that tested positive, and uh, he was quarantined for 14 days. And luckily, um, the only symptoms he had was fatigue, loss of taste, and loss of smell. Never got a fever, uh, never really got sick other than just that, but he did test positive, so he, he had to stay stay in for the 14 day and then he was retested and he was able to come back so um, the cares act expenditures the next thing I have some things that I would like to get purchased using the cares act funds uh, radios portable radios for our guys we don't have enough of them that goes around for the firefighters so they have to share radios back and forth that's not a good good way to keep this COVID thing under control when they're when they're swapping radios back and forth so we have the opportunity the COVID money will will uh, do we'll be able to purchase that with the COVID money uh, we got the medication dispenser that we're going to use to eliminate uh, contact to all the drugs when a medic comes back on a run this this is something that we've been wanting to do for years and we should be doing because under the Board of Pharmacy, uh, we get it's a, we get a lot better results when we get audited that we have a dispenser. It works the same as the hospitals have. They go in and they put in their ID and they push like a vending machine. They push what drug they want and it spits it out. So they're not in the boxes grabbing all the medications right. and, and you know, did they take two, did they take three type of thing. It'll, it'll count how many they did. So it's a very secure way to dispense medication and now with the COVID it's a very safe way to dispense medication because the guys aren't in there uh, handling all the drugs so we're we wanting to get that we're we're looking at two more lucas devices we got two now we want to get two more for the first responder trucks and those those are the cpr the mechanical cpr and right now those Lucas devices are the hardest working employees on the department <laughs> because you put that thing on a patient and it CPRs them from the minute you turn it on till they get to the hospital and you turn it off. And they've been, they've been gold for us because I can't tell you when you go in on a CPR patient how many times you stop CPR to do things. Putting them on the cot, moving down steps, uh, in the squad, taking corners where you get thrown around, everything. You, you stop CPR so many times, it's just crazy. This machine's on, on them, it straps on them, that thing's doing this the whole time. No matter what you're doing, no matter how you move them, no matter what, it's constantly doing CPR. And the, the, the survival rate is like in the 30 percentile of differences between people that have used the Lucas devices versus the ones that don't. So they're, they're a very good machine, they're well worth their money, and uh, like I said, we have one on each squad now, so we're, we can use this COVID money to purchase two more, it's been approved, and this will allow us to put them on the engine so if the engine gets on the scene far long before the squad gets there that they can get it on the patient and start the CPR right away. So, How much are those units? Those units uh, are about... 18,000 a piece. Two, two of them is 39,000, 39, so it's almost 20,000. And then uh, uh, 
the other thing is we're we're going to replace the sofas in the firehouse. We got dirty, dingy cloth sofas. COVID money will allow us to replace them with kind that can be cleaned and wiped down, like a vinyl or a leather or something like that. So uh, we want to take advantage of doing that as well. Um, we talked a, we talked a few years ago about adding that third power cot to the to the to the third ambulance. The COVID money will also purchase that. So we 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 might as well take advantage of that so we're not taking it out of our budget. So total it's around two hundred and sixty thousand for everything. We can we can get everything we need for that price and that still leaves us with about eight hundred and forty thousand in the bank for additional funds. I, I would point out to the board that this is information only you've already approved, approved. Yes. and I would also point out for the record that we put the COVID language instructions in the original resolution that set us up to be able to take this money and then in any subsequent appropriations that COVID language also exists uh, and we're following those instructions to the letter of the law. The chief has put together a very thorough uh, tracking system where everything is listed in a spreadsheet all of the uh, invoices are attached and so uh, I think we're in very good shape if and when uh, there should happen to be an audit on this stuff the um, October 14th I believe it was was our first audit due and I was able to I did that and I was able to attach all the invoices that we used and, and document in the audit um, how much we received, how much we spent, how much we have left over. So mm -hmm. we've already got one audit under our belt. And I'm going uh, be doing the second one here in December. And uh, we have the opportunity right now, there's COVID money available for reimbursement. Uh, right now, the township has eligibility of like $248,000. And um, I'm going to take advantage of that by taking all the expenditures that we have had from March 1st to July 7th when we received the first CARES Act funds. Everything after July 7th we paid for with the CARES Act funds, but, what, but prior to July 7th we paid for out of our budgets. So we have the opportunity to file that those invoices and get reimbursed for everything back to March 1st. I got some of Tracy's, I got admin stuff, and I got fire stuff. So <clears throat> as soon as I get everything together, I'll uh, apply for that. And I've already been in emails with the people from the auditor, and they're waiting for us to send in our, our stuff. So I'll be doing that probably next week. I just want to make sure I got all the invoices that we can uh, count as uh, a COVID reimbursement. So we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be 100% with being able to get our funds back. Chief, or, or the, the items you mentioned uh, from March 1st to July 7th, those were not items that were previously budgeted for. No. Okay. <clears throat> no, they're they were all the items that uh, the COVID uh, forced us to. It, mainly, it, it was the beginning of getting our PPE stockpiled, the sanitizer stuff. The park stuff that they had to do, they had this, the maintenance had to go out and start spraying all the park equipment, the signage that they had to do for the the, uh, the parks and that. So all that stuff we purchased before the July 7th. 
So we're, we're, we'll be able to get the reimbursement back on that. Uh, we, we actually even bought some tele, uh, teleconferencing equipment to start our Zoom meetings that we were doing previously before July 7th when we were doing our Zoom. So we bought equipment for that. So all that we can get reimbursed on. Scott, I didn't notice you had it up here when I asked the question about the Lucas devices, but thank you. No. Um, uh, portable radios, how many does that 139 get us? How many is it? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I had it. I think it was 18. 18? I think so. Don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure. I think it was. And the, the radios that we're buying would be uh, the dual band, so okay. we can communicate with Kenwood Town Center and uh, Jewish Hospital, and because they're on high band, we're on 800. So these would be a dual band, so we can switch back and forth. So we'll use those as our primary radios, and then the, what radios that we have now will get dispersed to some of the guys, so they're not switching radios back. And forth. Gotcha. Perfect. Thank you. Then you have another item, Chief. The next thing is the full-time hiring. Uh, we have two candidates that are anxiously awaiting to, uh, get, to get on board with Sycamore Township Fire Department. Uh, one guy is uh, from Reading, and one guy's uh, from Deer Park. And uh, we, the best way to do this would be, we're still, we're still finishing up some details on physicals and that sort of thing, but the best way to do this is if I can, if I get the information to um, to you guys by the 17th, the, the, the November 17th meeting, if we pass the resolution for their salary, then we would be able to put them on the schedule and, and actually start working them anytime after the 17th. And then the first meeting in December, we can do the swearing in and just play catch up good. with that. Yeah, that's good. So that way, we since we're down two guys now on the roster, that way, after the 17th, we can get them on the schedule as soon as possible. So I got between now and the 17th to get all their backgrounds done and get their physicals done and all that stuff, which is doable. So we'll, we should be okay. So after tonight, I want to be able to contact these guys and tell them that expect to be hired right after the 17th meeting. So they have the opportunity to tell their present employers they're giving their notice. Okay, do we need to do a motion to let him go forward at the block or just no, no, I, I thought at the last meeting there was a motion that was passed allowing yeah. him oh, to move right. forward yeah. with hiring. To start the process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, so the only thing we need to do is once I, I you just, establish the rate of pay, we'd bring the resolutions right. and for that. And that's the only thing I want to make a point tonight is that if we on the seventeenth if we can do the rate of pay then they can officially be hired. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of give them a, a, a timeline on when they can, when they have to noti notify their employers okay. of what they're doing. Chief, Chief, if you can email me those rate of pays, I'll I get will. those resolutions together. I definitely will do that. Thanks, Chief. Any questions for the Chief? Well, are those rates set by the union contract? Yeah. Anyway? Okay, yeah. so standardized. Yes. Um, other question I had was that Mr. Janice had asked earlier actually about dropping things off at the firehouse. Yeah. I know you've made some changes in progress. I did make some changes. A um, couple things. We put a table in there, uh, got rid of the box on the, on the floor. It's still there, but uh, the table set up with ingoing mail documents, outgoing mail documents, and then there's a space to put plans and things. So when they come in, they can just get it off the table. They don't have to reach down the box and get it, which is 
is kind of cumbersome, I guess, for people to have problems bending over and that sort of thing. But uh, on the on the curb cut, I need to get with Tracy. We need to. I don't know if they can do it. I, I think that's probably a good idea. I mean, where the curb cut is now is over where the main doors are that is close to the elevator to go upstairs. And I think the, the intent of that was that be the direction for public access mm -hmm. to go in, go to the elevator and go upstairs, which is a, basically a public meeting room. Um, but the doors on the side are our main doors and uh, it probably would be a good idea to have a curb cut. I'm thinking not on the not on this side because there's only six parking spaces there. So you'd, a, a, a curb cut would take up two because mm -hmm. you'd have to have a handicapped spot and then an opening for the curb cut. But the first parking space facing Kenwood Road, which is just literally six feet from where the other parking spots are, we we could take that first parking spot and put a curb cut in there, put a ramp there. And then you dedicate the next parking spot as the handicapped spot, mm -hmm. and they could walk right up that ramp and just—I mean—the the, the length to get to the door is probably shorter than what they park out here to get to these front doors. Mm -hmm. So it would be equivalent. And because we use that as the main entrance, and the the police substation is right there too, we get a lot of people sure. that come in wanting to talk to the police and that. Uh, some of them don't walk so well. So, as a matter of fact, we had a guy today that fell, fell, tripped over one of the parking spaces and went down on his, on his butt. And uh, he, he wasn't hurt, but you know, the potential's there because you got a step off and then a curb. So mm -hmm. the trip hazard's pretty high right in there. So it would be a good idea. We can use the COVID money to do this. Mm -hmm. It's totally 100% doable. Um, so we, we'll do that. And yeah. I think it's probably a good idea just to go ahead and, and get that set up there. Yeah, and while you're doing it, um, if you guys are going to be doing all that, I think you should do Schuler in the front there because the, isn't the curb cut on the side? You know what I'm talking when you the sidewalk going is straight in? On the driveway side. For the, the community room or the front, front, front of the building? Oh, uh, community, community room. Oh, the community. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I don't know. But I guess we could look at it. I mean, the COVID money will pay for the hand for to create that because it's a modification of the grounds of the building to uh, because we have to have documents mm -hmm. there for people to come pick up or sure. force them to do this rather than being able to come in in a space where we've already set up for handicapped. Why don't you guys survey all of our buildings that the public access is in and see if there are others that need it too. But yeah, especially yeah. firehouse here and up there and the community room, I think as you said, the ramp may not be in the right place. So anything we can do to remedy that would be great. Yeah. yeah. So if we get the curb cut in there, uh, the table's there set up, that's fine. Um, two things. In the meantime, we can set it up with admin that if somebody needs a document picked up it's not capable of coming into the firehouse we can do an appointment and we can have somebody to to give the document to them here mm -hmm. uh the other thing is that they if they call me or call the firehouse prior to coming we can take it out to them you know i mean we if we know they're there if they call us on the phone and say, I'm out here in the parking lot, can you run the document out there? We'd be more happy to do that. And we're happy at the, at the admin building to, to accommodate anyone with special mm -hmm. needs. Um, we, we are scheduling some 
some contact with um, you know members of the public or um, you know members of the business community, developers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it certainly you know, uh, you know we'll, we'll make sure that the community is aware that we'll you know we'll address those needs on an as-needed basis. Mm -hmm. Would it be possible to put a sign on the door over there or here with a large print phone number on it so if someone pulls up, they don't have to get out of the car to see Both. it, at least mm -hmm. for now, yeah. Yep. yeah. And, on, and yeah. on the website. Yeah, yeah. we can do so. But we're, we're, here to, we're here to help them. We're not, mm -hmm. trying, to, we're not mm -hmm. trying to dodge it or pull them away. I never give it a thought that that space over there was a difference in the layout mm -hmm. of what they're accustomed to. We were just trying to make a make it work. I mean, originally mm -hmm. that box was sitting out here on the front step, but it was out yeah. in the weather, and, and you know somebody could pick it up and just carry it off. So mm -hmm. we decided to take it into the behind, at least behind the doors. And I have a camera on that that area, mm -hmm. so if, if anything does go wrong, uh, we can look back on the recording mm -hmm. and see what's going on. So it is being recorded. So that's the safest place to have it. It's out of the weather and it's being uh, recorded yeah. all the time. So. It's the best place to have it, but we, we need to play catch up and get the get the ground set up for mm -hmm. people that, that need it. So we'll do that. We'll work on it. Yeah, thanks for taking care of all that. Thanks, Chief. Uh, with the roads maintenance recreation report, road superintendent Tracy Cullums, you you and I were talking in the hallway. I had emailed you a couple of times uh, talking about portable signs and. Uh, You've already got one on order, another one on order. That'll give us how many then, Trace? That'll give us three. Three, okay. Are these speed signs? The speed signs, yes. the portable speed signs. Would give us the documentation, how many cars went by, how many cars are speeding, how many cars are going slow. Thanks a lot, Trace. Absolutely. And I have uh, Mr. Petty here with us tonight who uh, wants to talk about the uh, Park Advisory Committee. Uh, they've had a couple of meetings since Jason's been here last. Quick, quick question before we do that, just while we were talking about the speed signs. Okay. Uh, uh, on election day, I had a couple who lives uh, near Glenover in the condominiums over there on, is it Pinehurst? Um, or mm -hmm. Pine? Um, they were very concerned about speed on Montgomery Road. I know that's not a township road, it's a state highway, but they're concerned about people speeding down the hill past Moeller after they come by the light in front of Moeller at Finley and wondered, is there anything the township can do to slow traffic down there? Are we able to put one of those portable signs up on Montgomery Road? Oh, uh, we should actually, I mean, we can. We should ask the state. I mean, yeah. the best thing to do would be ask Lieutenant Tar to write some tickets. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> because you can put as many signs up as you yeah. want. It's Montgomery Road. It's mm -hmm. a state highway. I know uh, people are concerned, but, uh, you know, it's, those light-up signs do get traffic on that road. Oh, I know. Those light-up signs do get people's attention, though, at least. As long as they're there, yes. Yeah, and then as they soon go away. As we move yeah. Them, then. yeah. Well, it, if that's something we could do yeah. at some point, even just temporarily with one, maybe yeah, we that'll. Yeah. We we pretty much have an agreement with the county. We have we have not talked to the state. We have not put them on state highways before. Mm -hmm. So I, I would want to talk to ODOT before I did that. Okay. Well, if you could, thanks. Okay. Sorry, Jason. Didn't mean to All interrupt right. you. No. Uh, so this is the uh, Parks Advisory Report or Parks Advisory Committee Report for September and October. Uh, in September's meeting, we discussed yoga in the parks and we're uh, wanting to expand it in 2021 to more dates and more parks, more locations. Um, the program had 12 to 14 participants a week, usually uh, declined as the weather got colder and there was a few rain days towards the end of the season. So 
I think that kind of slowed the, the program down a little bit. And the last day was October 24th. Um, but they did have a really good, um, you know, a, a lot of people were coming to it in the short period of time that we had it. So I'd say that program was pretty successful in the short, you know, period of time that we had it. Uh, also, to go along with that, next year we're hoping that when cold winter gets here, we could do it at Schuler. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with COVID being shut down, we didn't feel we could open it mm -hmm. up to them. We, we, you know, we don't have the buildings opened up to the public at all. Mm -hmm. So we would like to do that also. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we discussed on September's meeting were the uh, parks rules and regulations. So the committee was asked to review the rules and regulations and make recommendations on any changes that they thought needed to be made. Uh, one of those, and I think you guys have that packet, uh, one of the changes that they asked that well they voted that i asked you guys this tonight to change this so this is the section 13 disorderly conduct was discussed and a motion was made and passed with an all in favor of moving to entirely remove the third sentence from the section so i'm not sure which page that is but it's at the bottom section 13 and it is no person shall enter a toilet room set apart from the opposite sex except for parents to accompany their custodial children. And there was a lengthy discussion as to how that sentence could be um, read or you know changed. And everyone just came to the conclusion of they just preferred that it be removed because they, it was their. Uh, idea that the sentence before that pretty much covers anything that would be you know any any wrongdoing that would be going on in the park anyway so it was not necessary so i told them that i would bring that to you guys and that you could you could make that decision on whether or not that should be changed the rest of the rules or the rest of the comments that are in there there's um notes in each section were more so for you know adding some things to others one that was definitely uh, worth looking at was section 15 rewording of this section and that had to do with uh, you know how alcoholic beverages could be consumed in our parks i think currently because um, this this had come up two different times last year with people wanting to have fundraisers at mcdaniel park and also an event at mcdaniel park and the way that that reads, uh, we can only have alcoholic beverages consumed in the parks when you rent a shelter or a pavilion. So with McDaniel, there's not, there's, there's a, I don't necessarily know that I would consider it a pavilion. I don't, there's bathrooms and a concession stand that is not really in service. So there's not really an opportunity to, you know, consume alcoholic beverages in the park other than Bechtold. So that was one. There are several there are several other notes in that in the rules and regulations. I just wanted to get those in front of you guys so that you had an opportunity to look those over and see if they were, you know, if you felt that they needed to be changed. I the other one was uh, oh and uh, section eight of the rules and regulations have been removed uh, to be in conformance with House Bill two twenty eight. So that was in there and is no longer. 
Jason, the only thing I'd say about that, um, there were some other items in Section 8, like you can't have a slingshot, uh, you can't have fireworks in the park. Those things would not be prohibited to regulate by the House bill. It's just anything to do with firearms or ammunition. Okay. So if, if you know, uh, the members of the board feel that those things should remain in there, um, you know, those things I'm not, I don't have a problem with. Okay. It's just firearms and ammunition. Yeah. So I didn't know, are you, um, did you guys want me to go through all of the, all of the notes that they had made? I don't know if that's necessary. I know, let me just mention two things. Alcoholic beverages, I think it still should go to the trustees for permission to do that if there's a party of some kind. I don't know if the other... I, I disagree. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not going to the trustees now for approval. You just have to rent a, a shelter, right? Right. Uh, no, Correct. in that, okay. on that uh, alcoholic beverage... My suggestion is to that would be for selling, absolutely, you should need permission from the township yeah. to do it. Consumption, on the other hand, because we already have yeah, I'm sorry. public, I'm sorry. Yep, we have public intoxication rules also that would separately apply still. But if people want to bring alcoholic beverages into the park and are responsible with it, you know, we're, we're in the new era of cocktails. Yeah, I agree. I that, agree with so. you. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And the other, the other thing, the disorderly conduct. So the bathrooms are going to be male, female, correct? So I don't. We we when we discussed it, no one really said anything about changing. So any any bathroom in the township would still say male, okay. female. It would just no longer be in the rules that states who can go into what bathroom. So I don't. I don't. And that would just basically be removed. That I mean that that's the only section in the rules that discusses, you know, section 13 mm. in disorderly conduct. I don't know of anywhere else that it speaks about who can go into what bathroom. Or you know the bathroom period and the rest of the rules. So, well, that says it all though. That's that's saying male female. No person shall enter a toilet room set aside uh, for the opposite sex, except for parents who accompany their custodial children. Correct. So we're we're okay. No, they want to remove that. So that's what they're asking to have the entire mm -hmm. sentence just removed, so that it's not even in the rules. And well, I think that should be in the rules. So. <laughs> so, I, I think. Does, does Mr. Desai have any comments on the current legal think, environment? I think you leave the, that in there. As to the gender wars and bathrooms here, is there anything we need to do under Ohio laws to that? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, if the board is um, going to keep it in, um, uh, then I should probably take a look with everything that's changed in the last five to ten years on that. Yeah. I'm not aware of anything sitting here, yeah. but I, I should probably take a look just to be prudent. That, that, that would be good. I don't want to get into the gender wars here. Yeah, I don't know that you want to spend the whole lot of time just. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to take a look. <laughs> see, an hour. See, see what it says. When I retire, you can hire me as a bathroom monitor. I'll <laughs> hey. see what people yeah. go in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, I recognize the concern people have about this, of course. I think people can just be reasonable, on the other hand, too, with what's going on. Um, I, but. You're asking a lot. Yeah, Where'd that work come from? Yeah. But the, the uh, ban on lewd and lascivious conduct and all that, as you say, still applies regardless. Yeah. Um, so can I say, uh, we're jumping around a lot without really giving Jason any yeah. direction to go to on each one of these. Are, do you want to review them all and come up with comments for him? Yeah. 
think that would be fair. Yeah, because the the intention in this document to give you guys so that you could look over it and then say yes, no, we like this, we don't like that. That's yeah, we do that and come back to the next work, yeah. workshop on the uh, 17th. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah that, would that's complete. that would be fair. That would be fair. Uh, so the next thing uh, that goes into, well, the this will go into the uh, October's meeting. That was the end for September's meeting. That's all I had for September. Uh, we are try right now getting a survey together for questions for parks and uh, rec. The committee is currently compiling questions for a survey that will go out to township residents to get a better idea as what they would like to see happening in the parks. So we had discussed this uh, about probably trying to go out onto Facebook, our township website, the email blast that goes out to the residents, and if there are any other platforms that we could possibly, I would probably need to talk with Beth and see if there were any other platforms that we could try to get the information out to the township uh, residents to kind of get an idea from them as to what they would like to see in the parks or if they had any feedback before we started trying to get into any uh, major planning. Um, and then the next thing is the luminaria for this year, for 2020. Uh, the committee did vote in September to have the luminaria, uh, but no hayride because of social distancing. And uh, the last, in October, we discussed it again, and they wanted to vote to have only a in-car event. So that was something that I think Tracy was also going to speak to. We weren't sure exactly what the event should be this year if we were going to have it or not. And So we've talked to IGA. Uh, they're on board with whatever we want. They realize that they can't do the donuts like we used to, but they're looking into uh, see if they can get their vendors to donate individually wrapped things. So we can still do the coffee and the hot chocolate. If they serve it, keep gloves on. We don't want people coming up, you know, 300 people using the valve. Uh, the hardware store is still on board for selling the luminary kits. That's Ace? That's Ace, yes. So uh, I know people are concerned about, personally my opinion is, uh, if you're going to have luminaria and you're just going to sit in your car, I don't know what we're really going to do. Uh, you know, we don't, we're not sharing woods, we don't have a lot of area to drive through that you can look at. Uh, you know, everybody's wearing masks these days, social distancing. I think we can, uh, as adults, make our own decisions. If you want to come, you come. If you don't, you don't. I don't think Luminary is much of an event without the hayrides, but I will leave that up to you gentlemen. Uh, you know, I think we can all make up our own minds, but, uh, I'll leave that with you. Trace, do you have a, uh, an idea of certain streets to designate for this? Yes. So that if they would have you know, we, in your we car? We have streets that, uh, that we have done throughout, throughout Dillonvale. And before we do it, uh, which is why we need to know soon, because we send out a letter to all the households to say, hey, your house is going to be on the Luminaria route. You know, please decorate your house. Plus, you can get the kits at Ace Hardware. You know, we'd like to see a lot of participation. So we need to get that kind of stuff out soon, along with talking to IGA. And uh, 
and Ace and talking to Santa and Mrs. Claus and you know the churches that do the caroling. We you know we, we really need to get on top of this. Uh, we we've usually are farther along than this by now, but you know with COVID uh, we're where we're where we're at. So you're looking at okay Santa Claus churches designated area and a time would be from what do you think in two hours three hours six to eight six to eight and the santa claus is on he's ready to do it i did confirm with santa claus mm -hmm. and that would be something where you know we would probably have social distance they were not obviously oh, yeah. not going to have the kids sitting on santa's lap they'll have to stand here santa claus will be sitting there they'll talk to him mm -hmm. Would Santa Claus be over at Bechtold, like? Yes. In the, okay. In front of the fire. Now, there's not going to be beverages and cookies like in the past, uh, or is there? No, well, there we can do. be. That's what we were saying. Uh, IGA is looking to to their vendors to have individually wrapped with the cookies or and cakes. How would you do the coffee or anything? They would serve it. They, yes. would, they, they would serve it. They would serve it by the cup. They would have gloves on. No self-serve. Or we would serve. There's no self-serve. So people, everybody's not coming up touching it. So I guess you're asking us, the only thing you're, you're asking us about is, you know, how do we want to proceed with the hayride, whether we want to do yes. the hayride, we don't want to do the hayride. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're asking, do you want to have the event? Do you want to do it all together? Do you want to do it like we've been doing? Do you want to keep people in cars? Do you want to keep people in cars? Do you just want to call it off and do it next year? I think we should do it to the extent we can, but the hayride thing is probably going to be pushing it yeah. with people having to climb on and off and be in close quarters. Can it be a walking event, maybe in a scaled down area or designated areas of the park and the neighborhood, but not as broad an area as hayrides might cover? Something like that? I don't think that I don't think that's going to work either because of the you distance. You know, we've also talked about having routes and having the cars go through the route that we have, but then you're inundating the neighborhood with yeah. traffic. Yeah. I don't right. know if we want to do that either. Yeah. I don't think that's such a good idea either. Especially through some of those pathways through Dillonville. Yeah. Kind of tight. Yeah. yeah. Can we treat it, if we're not able to do all that, promote it still as a neighborhood-wide event, encouraging neighbors to participate and on their immediate blocks maybe put things out and you know gather and be festive without gathering too closely? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know. Have Santa rove around in a convertible? Yeah. Maybe I, I know a guy with one who might be able to <laughs> drive him around if the weather permits and Santa could wave at people. Without the hayride, you don't have an event. I totally agree. I, you know what? For Halloween, we said, look, if you want to participate, participate. If you don't want to participate, we're good with that as well. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that I have so much of a problem with the hayride. I think it's a popular thing. Maybe we don't bring as many people on to keep a little distance. If that, if that works, yeah, everybody's you know, got to wear a mask. Hay, we can space them out. We also have one that actually has seats. Yep. We could tape off every other seat. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't foresee the big crowds that we've had anyway. Although people are looking for things to do. Yep. So yep. you may end up with a huge crowd. You need it's to an outdoor event, so because people are looking for things to do. You're tired of this. Well, if you think you can do it with the hay rides. How many how many of those uh, buses do we have with the uh, vehicles with the seats? Just one? Just one. Just one. And then there's the hay the other ones. And then the hay two hay rides on trailers. 
You have to have enough people to police that to make sure, you know, you're helping people up on that big ride and we'll keep them at distance. We, you know, yeah, we already we, do that. So I know we do that. We have we, all our guys there, plus we'll have to have spacing. Uh, the sheriff's office there. You know, we have them yep. uh, escort every wagon through, through the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chief, any concerns from your perspective? No, I, I agree with Tom. I think just just have it, just mm -hmm. have it distant and you know, you might have a family sitting next to each other, which right. is no big deal, but, you know, you just let them distance themselves out. I don't think it's a problem. Works for me, then. Yeah. I'll go along with that. All right, we'll proceed. You're proceed. probably going to have more problems with the crowd just around the shelter. And, right. You know, than yeah. you are yeah. there, right? Yeah. Deepak, do you have any concerns about any of that from a legal perspective? I mean, the only thing that uh, I would say is, you know, we would uh, advocate that people follow the governor's guidelines. So, you know, um, if you can't be six feet apart, wear face mask. Um, that would not be an optional thing. That would be something you're required to do. So if we're in compliance with the, uh, the health board's requirements and, uh, you know, the governor's requirements, I think we're fine. I think we could probably have some signs printed up, put on easels or something that people say, you know, reminding people they got to wear a mask or social distance. Yeah, and we are we are giving masks out to all the children, Christmas masks. Oh, great. Oh, good. Okay. So, Tracy, will you be checking temperatures, that type of thing as well? Uh, not unless you're telling me I have. <laughs> well, you know, being the attorney, I love as many layers of protection as we can. So. I would, uh, I'd recommend, you know, along with the mask and the signs, you know, just if you uh, could have, you know, maybe a couple I of mean, those from the fire we department. We can. My, my point is it's going to be 20 degrees. Those thermometers aren't going to work. Yeah, yeah. Once you're outside. outside. You're outside. I totally agree. They're, they're not going to work. Are you getting masks then for, for kids? Yes. yes. You get a mate? Here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You need any more guidance on that, uh, Trace? No, sir. You've given us the guidance we need, I believe. Okay. That's all I have. Trace? Thanks. Thanks a lot, Chief. Thank you. How are things going with the Parks Committee, by the way? They're going well. We, I think I struggled with our last meeting because we had it on Zoom, and I did it from my house, and then my internet connection was poor at best, and uh, it wasn't the best meeting we've had. But other than that, we've been doing really well i think i really do think that the um that the survey is probably going to help out a lot because mm -hmm. i think everybody's still trying to get an idea as to what exactly we're you know we're wanting to do mm -hmm. so but other than that i think it's going really well yeah and with that survey i, I would recommend that you gentlemen would look at that before we post that on mm -hmm. any yep. of our media sure yeah. good idea yeah Thanks for all you're doing with that, though, and I know you've been out there promoting the yoga, putting the signs out uh, each weekend in advance of that one that was going on, too, so very well, good. thank you. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next thing I have is uh, I'm looking for a motion to advertise for our 2021 road program. Now, we are going to have a... Uh, <clears throat> If you remember, we are rebuilding Larchview, which is part of the Larchview Plainfield project uh, that we got a skip grant for to pay 50%. That is not part of this program. Uh, that will be our road program for the year to spend all our road, our whole road budget will go into that program. This 
is a program that's being put together uh, with the 25% of the unencumbered TIFs. You know, we uh, met with Brenda, we went over all this with her, and this is a program that I've put together. I don't have every detail completed, but I'm looking for a motion to advertise so we can go out. Uh, some of the areas I'm looking to do, we're looking to do all of Heitmeyer. We're looking to do uh, the Trowbridge neighborhood of Trowbridge, Weston, and uh, whatever that other street is. <laughs> it eludes me right now. Uh, quite a few streets in Dillonvale, the Macaulay uh, and uh, subdivision, Scoutmaster subdivision up north off the Fields Earl, Tenderfoot, Concord Hills and Owlwoods, Pine Cove, all those that I just mentioned there, along with Camner, Richmond, Queens, that area, those are roads that we have been doing our preservation on where we did our Cape Seal. These roads are all, they're about 21, 22 years old, most of them. And this is a great opportunity for us to rebuild these roads. We're gonna have to do that soon, but this gives us an opportunity to do that. Uh, we, we've gotten great uh, success out of that product uh, to be able to stretch our roads, which we used to pave every 12 years to 22, has been great, but this allows us to do that. Uh, also looking to do Cougar Mill, which was last done in 2001, so we're looking at 20 years old for that. And also the Kenwood Acres and Holiday Acres over here behind Jewish. This is all mill and fill? This is all mill and fill with some full depth repair. Okay. It's, it is not a total reconstruct. Gotcha. It is uh, a mill and fill. And uh, with that... Uh, Trace, any curb work in there? Uh, there is some curb work, not a lot in the, some of the Kenwood, the Holiday Acres, a lot of this is ones that we have already done the curbs, gotcha. and now we're coming back to do the paving. Okay. And, and do uh, some culvert work also, right? There is some culvert work also in Dillonvale, so the roads I have a, uh, estimated at about 2.9 million, and the culverts are about a half a million. I have four culverts that need to be done desperately over in Dillonvale. We are submitting next week for uh, a grant to try to get money for two of those. The other two uh, will not score well enough, uh, so we, we want to do those anyway. Uh, these are all in Dillonvale, except for one. One is on Gideon. It's an 84-inch pipe up there that the bottom is completely rusted out. I mean, it's gone. The creek is flowing underneath the pipe, about gotcha. five inches under it, and washing it all out. Where, where on Gideon? Uh, just uh, off of Kemper Knoll, in that first big dip. Okay. It's a crossover. Oh, oh, like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. goes back yep. to that yard. Yep. Yeah, that's an 84-inch pipe. There's a lot of water that goes through there. And then the other three are all uh, culverts down in Dillonvale that have either, uh, they all have erosion problems. Two of them have head walls that have collapsed over the years and the erosion is approaching the road. And the other one is uh, never had a head wall and is, is really, uh, we have a bad erosion problem. So there's about a half a million dollars in, in culvert work. I'll make a motion to advertise for our 2021 uh, road program. I'll second. second. 
second um, discussion. How, how much money do you think this is going to be, uh, Trace? Did you mention a figure? Ballpark three point, figure? 3.4 million total? Yes. 3.4? Okay. Uh, 3.45. And we have plenty of money in the 25%. Almost about 3.5. Okay. Uh, there, how much do we actually have? What's 25% equal? Is it going to be about 4.5, I think? Are we, might we want to get a little more aggressive? Or? Well, we could, but I'm worried we're not it's even going to get people to do done. this. Well, that's you know, true. we're on a timeline. We yeah. have to have it done next year. That's true. <laughs> so that, that's that, that's going to be the problem to, okay. to get because this is a lot of work. We got to get out there fast. Yeah. Let's call the roll. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. You can't throw in a few roundabouts, too, or anything? I would love to, believe me. <laughs> I love the one over by my house. Maintenance <laughs> only. Yeah. Maintenance only is what uh, Brenda told us. Maintenance only. So next, I have a resolution. Uh, I included this in your packet along with the bid tab. I believe you all uh, should have the bid tab in your packet. This is very small. I got to put my glasses on for this for sure. Not really. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, as you can see, we had eight bidders. Our engineer's estimate with contingency was 4.45 million, and the uh, bids ranged. From 3.905 million all the way up to 5.252 million. Uh, so, uh, Rack and Balor submitted the lowest bid. Uh, we, we've checked them out. Uh, the engineer who uh, Choice One has worked with them. I've talked to a couple of the townships that have worked with them. Uh, they say they think they'll do a fine job. They have had no problems with them. Uh, so I, uh, we went to proceed with this program. As you know, uh, we've been waiting a long time to do Cougar Mill. I asked him the first time that we uh, started our survey on Cougar Mill was November of 2015. So this project's been a long time coming. Trace, how do you think we'll be with easements on that? Uh, easements are all taken care of. We're all done? We've, we've, all of we've them. got all the easements taken care of. Oh, great. We have all the uh, poles moved already, all the electric lines moved. We have all the individual gas services lowered already. The only thing we have left, and Duke is supposed to start on that Monday. Uh, we had a meeting with them today. They said they're going to start Monday. There's a gas main that runs from Weatherfield down to Montgomery Road that needs to be lowered and they'll have that done in uh, in a couple weeks. Good. So we should That's have great. no delay from uh, either easements or utilities. Is that on the Weatherfield side of Cooper Mill? It is on the <coughs> Weatherfield side. So, so you have any further so this, questions? So this company, you're, 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 you're comfortable after doing your research on this company? I am. You haven't worked with them, but you've worked with the subcontractors, so you all know each other. Yes. And they came in under what was expected, that's correct? Yeah, they, so they came have, in uh, quite a ways under. Yeah, that's... Bid. Uh, I have not worked with them, but I have worked with quite a few of the subs. As far as the company, 
that's going to be doing the uh, the actual full depth reclamation where they chew it up is basically the same subcontractor for everybody. Yeah, Nobody does that in house, mm -hmm. so that that's you you'd get that contractor no matter who got the job. But the concrete contractor is excellent. They're the ones that just did uh, Sycamore Road. It's the same contractor there, uh, so we are very comfortable with their subs. I have not worked with these guys, but their subs I have. Uh, but I have talked to townships that have worked with these guys. These guys just really got aggressive in the public market just a, a couple of years ago. They've always done private work, and uh, uh, they seem to be really uh, aggressive and doing a good job. What did we What was the number we anticipated this was going to be? Four point four five million. Four point four five. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was four point oh five. Okay. Four point four five zero one seven nine. Mm -hmm. And they came in at three nine oh five. Three million nine hundred five thousand nine hundred seventy six dollars and fifteen cents. Oh, that's great. How long do you think it'll take, Trace? Honestly. It will take <laughs> it'll take all year. It'll yeah. take the whole construction season. That's a major job. So there is township money in this county money in this, grant money in this, and waterworks money in this. So we are the ones that are administrating the job. Uh, we have uh, been running the engine, you know, we are the ones that contracted with the engineer. We're the ones that put it out to bid. We will be administrating it. We will be inspecting it. So we will have to encumber most of this cost. Then we will invoice the county. They will pay us back their share. Waterworks will send us 85% of their work, of their cost up front, and then we will uh, settle up with them at the end, uh, which I'm just now doing on Sycamore Road. And they've been great to work with. Uh, the county has, uh, has, been, uh, has been paying us back also. We, we've done this with the county quite a few times on different projects where we paid for it and then we uh, invoice them and they they reimburse us. Well, you're going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, oh, guarantee yeah. you that. That project has always been next year for as long as I can remember. <laughs> next year said. for a long yeah. time. So that'll be great. Now, a question here that they're about what, 260,000 less than the next lowest bid, and going with the lowest bid is is great here certainly. But you're you're confident they haven't gone too far down where we're going to get hit with some overcharges later are you you know i can't say that mm -hmm. i mean you never know but we've gone through and the engineer has gone through they have not missed anything in mm -hmm. the bid uh so as long as our engineer has done a good job who i'm very confident in mm -hmm. uh, i don't see it uh and the next one welsh uh i have never worked with them either mm -hmm. everybody from there up i've worked with but neither one of the lowest have i mm -hmm. I wonder if that's why everybody's so hot. It worked for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hazard pay. Never want to come back there again. Yeah. So I am comfortable with it. Our engineer was comfortable with it. So I, I, I think we're good to go. Okay. And two, you know, they're two hundred thousand. One to two hundred thousand difference. Two two sixty something. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, that's good. So. Okay. I, I, I had asked you, or asked Ray actually earlier today, and he checked with you to get a copy of our standard contract terms to look through for that. And I, 
I, I'm pleased to see one of the things we have in there is there's a documentation and audit clause in 13.01 of the standard terms, which is uh, owner, which would be us here, will be afforded reasonable access during normal business hours to all of contractors' accounts, records, books, correspondent, instructions, drawing, receipts, vouchers, memoranda, and similar data relating to the cost of the work and contractor's fee, and they have to keep all that for three years. An audit clause, in other words. Have we ever exercised that with any of the contractors on the projects we've done in the past, though? We have not. Maybe we should pick a random case and do that, okay. since we have the right. This this has been in our contract for years, I assume, with other projects. Is that is that every true? everyone the choice one has done for us? I know it's been in. Okay. I don't know if it's been in all of them. I'd have to check that. That's something that we added not too long ago. Okay. Is it in the one for what's going on behind us here with the new maintenance building? Is that a choice one related? No, that's, that's Brian Stutter. Okay, what about Sycamore Road? That was TEC. Okay. We, I'd we, have to check to see if it was in that one. Okay, I, I'd be curious to know. Okay. So I, it's always good to do cross-checks on things like that. So. All right. Okay, so we have the resolution. Yep, so I have a resolution approving and authorizing a contract to reconstruct a county road the Cougar Mill Road Improvement Project and dispensing with the second reading. Motion. Motion. Second. Roll, discussion. Discussion. Roll call. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. So the only other thing I have is a quick update. Sycamore Road, if you've been down it, is completely paved. It, they did a great job. Looks it, awesome. it, it looks wonderful. All the concrete's done. They, they've just got a little bit of restoration to do. Uh, they spread topsoil on the north side of the street today. Uh, they're doing a punch list. Uh, we walked it and prepared a punch list of some concrete work that needed to be fixed. It was mainly up at the uh, west end, which has basically been, some of that's been done for a year now. So. Uh, Plus, they had, you know, where uh, they were using our property up there for their laydown yard, so they have to restore that. But as far as the road goes, it's in great shape. They did a really good job. Uh, I thought they might uh, go aggressively for Cougar uh, Mill after being on Sycamore for two years, but as high as they were, I guess they don't want to work for me anymore. <laughs> But, uh, but Sycamore looks great, so uh, I, I think Barrett's done a really good job on that. Thanks uh, a lot, Trace. Back here behind us, uh, we're still, uh, they're getting there. They're pouring concrete tomorrow morning in the back. They're supposed to put the curb in down our driveway on Monday. Uh, and then all the concrete work on this end of the site is supposed to be done by Thursday. Uh, so we'll have access. Which, which which Thursday? Well, Thursday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go any farther than that. So uh, once all that concrete's done, we need to let it set so we can get some breaks, make sure it uh, tests strong enough so we can move our salt, move our brine, uh, so we can tear down the existing salt dome, and they can continue on that end of the site. So. Uh, they've got several weeks to maybe a month left to work back here. Great. Other than that, things are going good. We pick up uh, everybody. Uh, not getting any complaints, so I guess the residents are happy. The leaf pickup's going well. Well, at least in the north, I can tell you. They've yeah. done a great job. Yeah, here too. They were in my front yard this morning. Yeah, they've been buzzing by. That's great. 
Yeah, thank you. Oh, that's funny. They were in all the trustees' yards today. <laughs> meeting day. That's just a coincidence. Yeah. Actually, I don't put them at the care by hauling them back. I put them in a pile. <laughs> thank you, Trey. Start planning and zoning. Well, hey, I'm waiting. You know he's got a point. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> so, um, I, I know I was included on an email you were uh, responding to from uh, Heitmeyer Farms from their HOA asking about that Sycamore sign out there. Was it 15000 you said that cost, or was it more? I, I, yeah, I believe it was 24000 24, okay, wow. It, it's very pretty. But, yes. But we got we got a grant, was it, for that? Well, it's part of the Sycamore Road project. Okay. So we, you know, part of that was paid with the federal grant, part yep. of it was paid for with the state grant, because it's just part of the project. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying to get that done with a lot of our projects. We're going to be doing a Cougar Mill as part of that project and also as a state grant. Mm -hmm. Happiness Way, we're having it done. We're having the developer who, uh, you know, CIG is doing that as mm -hmm. part of the Reconstruct the Happiness Way. So we're tr they are very expensive, mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to try to get those throughout the Kenwood Corridor mm -hmm. uh, and try to get as many paid for as we can. Okay. I, I know it was Rusty Sicking, who's their HOA president, was the one asking the questions, and his concern is one I've noted, too, that when you get to Bayberry up here on Kenwood Road, it's very dark and very hard to see that sign, even with the newer sign that's there now. There used to be one of those old black-and-white signs a few years ago, so the newer one certainly catches the headlights better. Mm -hmm. But it is still dark and difficult to make that turn there, and I know we as a township and, and Heitmeyer have sort of joint control over the... the green space area there in front of the neighborhood. Is there anything we can do to better the illumination there, or is that something the neighborhood would have to do itself? I mean, it's up to you, John. We can do whatever you want. I mean, that property is ours. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as, uh, you know, we'd really have to check into that. Is there a lighting district around well, there? There is not a light no. district over there. We can. Oh. Yeah, if Heitmeyer wants to do that, they can look at a lighting district. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, that would be something that they would pay for mm -hmm. uh, through Duke. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as uh, hanging one of these lights, that these lighted signs, there's a lot more work than just mm -hmm. hanging a, a lit sign. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be, yeah, that would be hard to do at that location. Yeah. Well, another question. We discussed last month the stop signs in Sturbridge and the three-way stop, and I had asked you whether it was possible perhaps to just do one at the T there rather than on Branford on the side streets, but where is that? Are they in already anyway, or were you able to make They are not in. Uh, I was waiting uh, to see what you wanted to do. We, I talked to the traffic engineer, and we can do just one if that's what you want. Uh, you can tell Craig if that's what he wants. <laughs> well, that that would actually be my recommendation, would be to do a single one there where Weatherfield dead ends into Branford. I don't myself see the need for them on the side streets there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that they're harmful either to be there, but it does seem almost a waste to put them there because there's no cross traffic from one end of Branford to the other. Everyone is turning there. Um, that would right. require a motion to change it, I suppose, too, though. Correct. Mm -hmm. So the the only the only cross traffic you would have would be people coming from that end, coming down, turning left, yeah. in front of somebody there that's going. I mean, they'll be at a stop sign. So yeah. uh, if we did that, we'd probably have to put a sign up that said, 
uh, cross traffic does not stop or something right. like that so they know so they don't just pull out when somebody's coming thinking they have a stop yeah, sign. but that's just a small little yellow thing you mm -hmm. put there and it stops them. Mm -hmm. But if you want it to change, I'll have to come back with a new resolution because we already passed it. Did we do it as a resolution or we resolution? Did. I believe we did. Did a resolution, I believe. Check. I've lived there since 1960. It as a resolution to put all three in. Okay. <coughs> I'm curious about the other trustees' thoughts on that. I've lived there since 1977, and I never recall an accident there. Not even a fender bender or anything. That particular area. And I know we had just what, one, one or two people, one person that wanted to sign. And we agreed to go along with it. So. Well, the neighborhood was behind it, but there was some concern about whether one or three would suffice. Tom, do you have any thoughts on it? I, I kind of thought three was a good idea, but I mean, I don't live back there either. So, uh, I mean, if, uh, are there a lot of people suggesting that three is a bad idea or just one? Uh, one does not like the aesthetics of it. A few suggested yeah, they really prefer one over two, but I think there were only about 10 to 12 comments one way or another anyway. So. The rest of them were all in favor of more than one? They, they didn't express preference mm -hmm. one way or another. Or just so. happy with stop signs yeah. in general. Right, yeah. Um, Go ahead with what we have, what we planned, you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead with what the resolution that we agreed on. Yeah, Let's I go mean, ahead with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with it, Tom. Are you? Okay. Well, then I'd be outvoted if I moved anyway. So. Okay. okay. Very good. I'll put them up. Okay. You have a strong opposition to it? No, just someone had expressed okay. concern about the aesthetics of it there. So. Yeah. <clears throat> That's all I had. Thanks, Trace. Uh, Planning and Zoning Administrator Skylar Miller is up next. Sir. Uh, I think I'll start with the the, the, the simple <laughs> item. Uh, uh, we had a, um, a resignation on our uh, Board of Zoning Appeals, Mr. Jim Eichmann, who has uh, uh, served for several years um, you know, with our boards and uh, was currently the was recently the, the the chairman of that of that board has resigned. Um, I, I think it's a uh, a, a pretty direct uh, you know, recommendation. I would just ask that uh, we, we have a, uh, a good candidate that's um, uh, acting as an alternate right now. That's that's Tracy Hughes. Um, she, she hasn't been an alternate uh, too long, but uh, in, in the time that she's been on and you know, previous experience with Land Use Steering Committee, um, you know, I think she'll serve well in, in that capacity as a, as a full-time or, or full fledged member of, uh, of BZA. Um, we'll leave it to the, uh, uh, the BZA at their next upcoming meeting to, uh, to organize themselves and uh, appoint new officers. So, um, which now leaves the, uh, uh, would, if, if that's agreeable to the board, uh, it would leave the vacancy as the, as the alternate. And uh, we have an upcoming uh, newsletter and we can, we can advertise like we did last, last year. Good. And let's get the word out, and uh, you know, try and um, you know, try and get some fresh blood, uh, new life on on our boards. Not that there's anything wrong with our, our current group. Actually, I'm, I'm, uh, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but uh, I, I am ecstatic about the composition of our boards. I mean, I've um, I've worked with a number of communities, and uh, it, it's very hard to to recruit uh, for these positions. Uh, so. 
with with both BZA and, and zoning commission. Um, very happy with with the quality of the groups. So, Skylar, I think it's best practice. I'm glad you're you're suggesting that we'll move the alternate up and add somebody new as an alternate, and uh, also allow the board to decide who they want to be chair of that group because that's that makes uh, most it, sense. That that has always been my yeah, experience. Um, you know these. Uh, <clears throat> These are, these are professional groups. Uh, they're they they're very good at uh, you know self managing. Uh, I, I think I think we allow them to have a you know a business item on the agenda, and uh, they can they can appoint from within. So I'll echo that. I was on it for six and a half years, and I agree with Tom and, and Tom. Good. good. Well, I move that we appoint Tracy Hughes as a full fledged member of the Board of Zoning Appeals. Mm -hmm. And I'll second so, that. Okay. Uh, to fill the unexpired term. To fill the unexpired term. Thank you. And I'll second that. Roll. Tom. Aye. Tom James. Aye. Tom Levibra. Aye. Okay. And if I may, and, and your comments are well noted as to the composition of the other board as well, or both mm -hmm. boards, but there are several zoning commission members whose terms are up at the end of next month, I mm -hmm. think, who I certainly hope stay on. Yep. Have you had any discussion with them about that to convert? Uh, I have not. At, at the beginning of December, I'll, I'll reach out to them, uh, make sure that they're that they're comfortable, uh, you know, continuing on. Um, you know, again, um, there's, you know, we we have a a, a good and broad, um, you know, uh, professional group. You know, they're coming from uh, you know, different areas of the township. They have different professional backgrounds. Uh, I, I think they all bring something unique and, uh, you know, uh, of quality to, to um, you know, their respective uh, board. So, yeah, I, w I would love to retain them. If for some reason we can't, you know, then, you know, that's, that's when we, we make the decision to, uh, uh, to advertise. So yeah. that'll be my recommendation. Coming in December once I speak with them. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, after that, so I have I have three resolutions um, uh, on on Reading Road for for nuisance properties. I'm I'm going to talk about these uh, all three together, and I've I've got some. Uh, you know, there's there's been some uh, some some issues over there recently, uh, so. Um, you know, this is probably going to, um, this discussion is probably going to go in a couple different directions. Uh, but, but these three properties, 79, 79 Reading Road, um, uh, 8001, and, and 8109 Reading Road, uh, these are um, the, the Carousel and the Drake uh, uh, Hotel Motel uh, properties, currently owned by, by Blue Tide. Uh, this is not the first time uh, this year that we've had um, um, these properties uh, up for review uh, by uh, uh, by the trustees. Um, earlier this week, I believe it was Monday morning, um, the southwestern corner of of the uh, the westernmost uh, building on the carousel caught fire. Um, I, I haven't seen any official reports on, um, you know, the, the, the final cause of that fire. Uh, but I can tell you upon, you know, my own personal inspection, Kevin's inspection, uh, our, our fire inspector, Doug Morath, um, you go out to the site, the, uh, the individual units uh, are, um, uh, they're, they're open. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not properly secured. Uh, there's, 
obvious evidence that uh, you know there's some um, you know uh, vagrants you know vagrancy there uh, pe people staying breaking into uh, uh, individual units there's uh, illicit dumping on on site the sites aren't secure uh, this summer we've we, we haven't been very successful with uh, you know getting you know any response out of, out of blue tide uh, due to this fire uh, and and through through our fire inspector uh, we were actually able to to make contact with uh, the property manager uh, uh, Chris range and so I was able to meet him on site um, again earlier this week um, they they want to be responsive so um, We've given them direction on demoing the portion of the building uh, that uh, that sustained the fire damage. Uh, they are going. They, they're proposing that they uh, to to secure the individual units. Uh, I've directed them. I've shown them everything that has to be cleaned up on site. Um, backing up a little bit here, I believe they did actually pay the bill that we sent them for for cleanup last time. Um, so that didn't just you know fall to to a property assessment. Um, but we've directed them to, to not only secure the individual units, clean up the property, but secure the parking lots, uh, either fence, chains, bollards, what, what have you. Um, uh, my recommendation at this time, and I, and I explained this to, uh, to them, was that we should move forward with declaring these properties a nuisance um, and then continue to... To, to work with the, the property owner uh, so long so long as they continue dialogue and we see progress. Um, I would like to see these resolutions uh, approved tonight, uh, but uh, we won't immediately contact our, our contractors that, um, that have given quotes to, uh, um, to do cleanup. We'll give them the opportunity to do it themselves. Um, our informal agreement, conditional on, on what the board uh, had to say tonight was that um, we would pass these resolutions and I would give them till the end of the week next week to provide me with a, a remediation schedule. So I, I want a, a schedule in hand and we're going to hold them to it. We're giving them the opportunity to, to set their own schedule, uh, but there's something in writing that you know we can we can hold firm to. Okay. So, um, if you'd like, I can go through some pictures, and we can we can look at. Uh, I, I don't uh, think we need to. We. Yeah. I, I think we all know that that's a yeah. serious problem yeah. over there. It, so, it, it, yeah. It's a mess. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, and for the public, pictures are in the record of the meeting, and the documents published there. If you're here. Absolutely. So. So with that being said, I have uh, I have three resolutions, uh, all essentially the same. Um. Actually, Deepak, if I if I may, can can I read these together and name? No, okay. It was worth a shot. Deepak, could you leave the room? Can I combine these? Okay. All right. Uh, so let's see here. I'll, I'll start with seventy nine seventy nine uh, resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 7979 Redding Road, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45237. Motion. Second. Roll, okay. okay. well, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBarber, aye. Okay. Uh, resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 
8001 Reading Road, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45237. Motion. Second. Roll. Mr. Weeben. Aye. Mr. James. Mr. Aye. Mr. Aye. All right, and resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris, and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 8109 Reading Road, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45237. Motion. Second. Roll. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Lebibra. Aye. Uh, and I will keep uh, I will keep the board apprised of the the progress on this site and uh, any any communications. Significant communications I have with uh, uh, with the property owner or the reps. Any questions for? Uh, uh, no, Mr. Miller. Did you have anything else? I've, I have one one other thing, just as part of a general report, uh, just to let you know uh, the applicant who held a uh, open house, um, Grand Communities, uh, A.K.A. Fisher Homes. Uh, they, uh, I've already told the board before, uh, they, they have applied uh, for zone change in PUD1. Uh, this is the uh, proposed plan uh, as of today, and uh, that <coughs> uh, they will be making their, um, their first application to Zoning Commission um, this coming Monday, November 9th. So, um, ba based on... Um, Based on what happens there, it'll, uh, of course, be in front of uh, um, Board of Trustees at, at the following regular meeting for public hearing. Um, <clears throat> there has not been any substantial change in the, in the plan since, uh, since the open house. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the, what the presentation has, uh, has to offer, or the applicant has to offer at the uh, um, November 9th meeting, and we'll, I'll make full report to the board then. Uh, any questions, Tom? Nope. Tom? Have you gotten any public input about that yet since the application was made? I have not, and it has been properly noticed. There is a sign out front. Um, surprisingly, um, I, I have not had a single, uh, uh, single member of the public uh, request any information. Have they signed up for the Zoom access to the meeting? I, I have no members of the public that have requested access to that. Interesting. Mm. Yep. Mm. All right. Move on. Okay. Uh, when, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the uh, trees on Coogler Mill Road on the berm by the Tri Health Building uh, still haven't been replaced. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we did reach out to. Uh, um, uh, to, to, to five star uh, through through their attorney mm -hmm. and uh, we we got a commitment from them that they would that they would replace those so I, I will hit them up again okay um, thank you but you know they're, they're on record saying that they would do it there's there's three dead trees I mean it's pretty obvious yeah. where the where yeah. the cut through was yeah so okay and I know you've been in touch with molar after some concerns about neighbors regarding lighting there and that's something still mm -hmm. in the works yep so so uh, molar molar installed new uh, just, just to fill in everyone uh, molar installed new LED uh, security lights for the um, uh, the northern area of their parking lot uh, the lights are uh, are are facing north and you know based on based on their angle and orientation and the the, the intensity of them they're um, you know, uh, probably, um, 
Well, they're 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 casting some serious shadows and and and, and uh, uh, throw into um, into the neighbors' properties uh, up there on Kennedy and um, the, those homes back there. It, it's a legitimate. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, Kevin actually drove out there at, at night. Um, I've, I've seen numerous pictures. It, it's a legitimate uh, uh, complaint that the neighbors have. We've been working with Moeller to um, have them address it. Uh, there's some delays because the the solution they came up with requires um, you know new components that had to be ordered. The electrician has to get back on site. Um, should have been done by now, but just you know, you know everything is 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 hinging on on this electrician getting back out there. Um, they, they told us that the simple fix for now, even though it, it diminishes their security of their site, uh, would be to just turn the lights off. Um, There's a miscommunication on that apparently, and they didn't do it last night. So I'm told that tonight will be the first night that those lights are off. Very good. The, the solution is going to be to angle them down just a little bit more and put them on a, um, um, uh, a, a step dimming. So as as it gets darker, they will they will dim out. So. Hey, thank you very much. As soon as we got that, sent you the email. You got right on it. Thank you. Thank you. Our law directors, Mr. Depot, this time with his report for this evening. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Just a couple items. Uh, first, on a personal note, as many of you know, my father passed away on October 24th, and. Uh, for his funeral service on the 31st, uh, the township sent a very, very nice uh, bouquet of flowers. So thank you, everybody, for that. Really appreciate uh, you thinking about us uh, during our time of need. Um, business, um, I'm happy to report that I am here tonight with a check in the amount of $85,558.96. Uh, made payable to the Sycamore Township Board of Trustees. And uh, this represents a refund of taxes that the township previously paid on the old Taco Bell site. Um, so as you know, the, as the process works, we have to wait till after the year of acquisition before we can apply. And then it takes a little while for uh, the Department of Taxation to issue their ruling. But um, they issued us, and I'm going to put it in quotations, a favorable ruling. Um, but before I go into that, I'll just pass this along to Mr. Wark, if that's okay. You all saw me give him the check. <laughs> so, um, but uh, the, the ruling is what, what they call a, um, uh, a split decision, a split ruling. Um, they did not deem the billboard and the land attached to the billboard to be tax exempt. So um, we won the majority of the battle, or we won part of the battle, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but there, there is still part of it that is going to be uh, taxable moving forward. Uh, the date of the determination letter was September 30th, 2020. Uh, we have 60 days actually from the date we receive it, but like any good lawyer, I always go off the date of the letter. So uh, we have approximately until the end of November to decide whether or not we're gonna appeal it. Uh, Mr. Wark and I are going to discuss uh, the pros and cons of that, and uh, I'm sure at the uh, November 17th meeting we will come to you with a recommendation on whether we should appeal or not. But uh, the good news is um, the township's about $85,000 richer as we sit here today. 
What is the additional tax amount that we might gain if we were to contest it and win? You know, I have to go back and calculate that because that's it, it's all one parcel, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not even sure, quite frankly, how the auditor does that when mm -hmm. you've got one parcel. So I was actually going to call down to mm -hmm. uh, the uh, two people I know down at the uh, auditor's office who will have an answer for that mm -hmm. and get that figured out. But uh, Mr. Warwick and I will talk about that, and at the uh, November 17th meeting, we'll be prepared to answer that question and provide your recommendation. I guess that leads to another question, too. Where in the Ohio Revised Code is a township permitted to own a commercial billboard that it leases out to advertisers? Is, is that even something we should be doing? Well, I mean, you know, as it is prohibited, right? I mean, there's nothing that I'm aware of as I sit here uh, that. Uh, would prohibit that I will be glad to take a look but uh, you know for example the city of Wyoming has a uh, commercial district that they own and uh, it's not tax exempt because it is a commercial district that's revenue uh, you know designed to raise revenues so um, um, you know as I sit here I don't have any particular issue with that um, and um, you know I guess the one thing that the township would want to look at is what is it going to pay in taxes versus the revenue it gets off the billboard? Mm -hmm. um, because you obviously want to go with the uh, the better financial alternative. But I'll take a look at that and uh, uh, be happy to report back on the 17th. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Mr. Ray Warwick is the Sycamore Township Administrator. Ray? First item is a uh, resolution uh, to uh, uh, for our property casualty insurance. Uh, we've been working with the same broker for some time now. Um, <clears throat> my experience with him is very, very good compared to other insurance companies I've worked with in both private and public sector. I did not go out and try to shop this. When he originally came in, uh, they had wanted to increase our annual, we pay, pay the premium annually, our annual premium from about 61000 to 66000 I, I suggested to him, I asked him why it would go up and suggested that he go back and re-rate us and come back and take another shot. Two days later, he called me and said, guess what, we'll just go back close to what you were paying. So the 61,313 that is in this resolution um, is about 200 bucks higher than what we paid last year. So. Um, absence of shopping the whole thing around I think we've had great service from these folks and the fact that we're not really going up in the cost of the premium I wanted to propose to the board that we uh, uh, we pass this you pass this resolution and allow me to go ahead and extend for one more year with this company I'll read the title unless there's comments or questions Just question because of the um, the amount of this with it being over fifty thousand dollars it, it's not something we're required to put out for bid or shop around. we actually have a three-year agreement on this mm -hmm. this is the third year of it okay that was approved three years ago okay so the resolu a resolution approving a contract for property and casualty insurance and dispensing with a second reading motion second Roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBibra. Aye. Okay. Uh, we've had a flurry of activity today. Uh, we've been trying to, or 
somebody's been trying to get the appropriations uh, to match the certificate that was approved at the beginning of the year, actually last December, and uh, I was not included in that effort. And I got involved in the effort this morning when I was brought a stack of uh, large POs to approve. And so I quickly went back and checked our accounting software to make sure that the amounts I was going to ask you to approve were duly appropriated. At the first look at that, they were not, not all of them. So we went back, uh, talked to Mark Hurst, who was working with uh, uh, Debbie to do this and uh, made adjustments a couple times and uh, I think I didn't I mean we wrapped this up at 530 this evening I didn't have a time for personally to go back and check every line I think we're okay um, and so what we're what I'm going to ask you to do this evening this is the in the order of the way these things should work and uh, typically we wouldn't do them all on the same night um, so I'm going to do them in the order that, you know, they should be done. And uh, uh, so the first thing we're going to, I'm going to ask you to do is, is approve a, a resolution that's going to authorize, uh, looks like eight, nine transfers of funds. And what we're doing there largely is we're transferring funds from the JED districts to, uh, to other operating funds so that we can have the enough reserve in those operating funds so that we can do the next step, which is appropriate. This is the step that typically over the last recent years, I guess, was done after the fact at the end of the year. Uh, so even though we're doing this uh, late again, at least we aren't waiting till the end of the year. And I am hopeful that when we do the budget for next year, that I'm able to get this resolution passed uh, in, well, uh, ideally in December to set us up for the next year. And then we'll have all of the numbers. Oh, we'll, we'll still have to co probably come back and ask for more in certain situations, but at least we'll have the system set up in the proper way. So the uh, first resolution is uh, asking you to approve that we can make these uh, transfers. Questions before I read the title? A resolution authorizing and directing transfers of funds to reconcile budgets and appropriations and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Second. Mr. Weeman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibre? Aye. Thank you. The next resolution now, the next step in this, since now we have transferred those funds and, and put the reserves in a position that they're, uh, they have substantial, uh, they have the right amount, or a substantial amount in the reserves. We can now ask you to help us appropriate more uh, so we can close out the year um, uh, paying the rest of our bills. So this resolution has attached to it um, the chart of the, the, uh, the increases and decreases in uh, these funds and there are some decreases I will note that so we we identified areas where we just we had money appropriated and we're not going to use it so there are some de decreases 
the net of this, after this is all done, then the appropriations will be correct. Uh, I'm, take, I'm, I'm fairly certain they're correct. I have not been able to check them all. And so uh, the monthly report that you looked at earlier uh, had appropriations of, I can't remember the number, but the real number right now, if you approve this tonight, the real number of appropriations, if you approve it tonight, we'll get an uh, amended certificate, um, uh, which I think we're already squared with them and we should be able to get that issued. And the appropriations then would be at $50,127,079.93. Any questions before I read the title? No. A resolution amending 2020 appropriations, dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibra. Aye. Thank you. All right. So the next step is uh, you've appropriated the money, and now we uh, have some large POs that we can ask for your approval uh, because we have uh, uh, enough of. Uh, appropriated money to draw from. The first one is purchase order 8631A. This is for fire utilities. It's a blanket kind of uh, a PO. It is in the amount of $15,000. Ask you to approve that. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Just question, what are fire utilities? Utilities for the firehouse? There you go. Okay. Well, Mr. Stay. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. The next uh, large PO is 8577C. Uh, this is for fire operations. Once again, it's kind of a, a, a wide blanket the way we're doing it. This is, would be uh, fire operations stuff. Uh, and... Uh, the uh, amount of this uh, PO is $30,000. Motion to approve. Second. Roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibra. Aye. The next one is PO 8691, and this is for uh, fire capital items. Uh, and this would be in the amount of $30,000. Motion to approve. Second. Roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Mr. LeBibra. Aye. The next is uh, PO number 8689. This is to do some refunding of the, the 2016 various purpose bonds that we have. This is uh, done every year. This is, at this point, we pay some principal and some interest. Uh, it's paid for out of uh, two of our TIF uh, areas. And the amount of this is $540,350. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBarbera? Aye. Next is 8690. This is uh, to pay uh, principal and interest on our 2014 general obligation bond that is left, and that's out of uh, one TIF. And the amount is 139225 Motion to approve. Second. Roll, Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBarbera? Aye. Next is 8697. This is for the, the mall holiday security for that one week in between Christmas and New Year, where for some reason in our country that's become a week to have uh, young people act up in shopping centers and the like. Um, 
we helped uh, with, since the security was stepped up at the mall during that week last year, we helped supplement the coverage. And uh, I spoke with the, the new GM over there, Dave Jacoby, and uh, we walked through what we, he originally had asked for more, and I showed him where uh, the, the total bill included the normal detail that the mall pays for. We just paid for the supplemental part. So uh, he's got that clear now. So I think we spent about $8,700 last year. I took into account kind of the same number of hours we paid for, and also there's been an increase in uh, the detail uh, went up by $1 an hour, both for people in the detail and the offer, officer in charge. So I'm asking for uh, PO the, in the amount of $9,000, which should be sufficient to cover it. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Mr. Wigman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibre? Aye. The next is 8694. This is for Baston and Company. That's the company that did our audit. Uh, this is their... Well, final or total bill, $5,500. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibre? Aye. 8695 is the next purchase order, and this is to the Bureau of Workers' Compensation. Uh, our, our estimated annual premium, and I'm glad they used the word estimated because we're going to send them this money and we're likely to get a bunch of money back shortly. Mm -hmm. And this is in the amount of $91,101. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibra? Aye. Purchase order 8692 is for the Kemper Gold Coast uh, Deerfield debt. Uh, in that TIF there, this is the... the uh, in, uh, principal interest payment, and it's in the amount of $169,750. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibre? Aye. And I hold in my hands the last purchase order, 8696, and this is uh, to pay the Cincinnati Public School District out of the Redstone TIF. Um, we Unlike all the other school districts we pay, we only pay Cincinnati once a year, so that's why this amount's so high. But the amount is $261,049.92. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBibra? Aye. Okay, the only other thing uh, on the, my list was just an initial discussion um, of how you want to set the meeting schedule for next year. You know, in the December meeting, we're going to have a stack, a whole stack of resolutions that set in place parameters on various things, and this is usually one of them. And I thought it might be a good idea to get you, uh, get the board to discuss this and get some idea where you want to go before we do a resolution. And I, I, I wanted to address this. Um, I, my suggestion is we drop the workshop meetings and uh, make those workshop meetings. Uh, scheduled whenever necessary and instead go to two evening meetings a month at seven o'clock and I'm suggesting that we move the meetings to Tuesday evenings on the first and third Tuesday of the month first and third Tuesday in the month and looking over the schedule there's no conflicts with uh, other township meetings on those days so again workshops as needed 9 a.m. 10 a.m. whatever time you want to do and set the time and a date for 
evening meetings, uh, regular trustee meetings on the first and third Tuesdays of the of the month. Those would stay at 7 p.m.? At 7 p.m., that's correct. <clears throat> so, and also, um, well, I would say with it also, Deepak and I were talking about um, when we when we get the um, resolutions in and the paperwork in, and uh, Deepak's suggestion was to get it in by a Wednesday. We we always set these dates that we're going to get things in, but as we saw today, it ends up coming at the last minute. Uh, we can always set that, but it's you know, and then you said emergency ones would come in on a Friday. And uh, that yeah, was a suggestion. It, the idea would be, and it's just a suggestion, but it's the way it, um, I've seen it done in other um, political subdivisions that I work with. Um, let's say you have a Monday night meeting. The uh, rules of the governing body will state that the regular agenda has to be out to the council members and trustees by 6 p.m. the Wednesday before that meeting. And then you have deadlines to back up from that, which is that by 11 a.m. that day, anybody who wants something on the regular agenda, uh, you know, whether it might be Mr. Callums or Mr. Miller or Mr. Warwick, um, would have that submitted so that uh, the person handling the agenda and document packet has six or seven hours to put it all together and get it out to the trustees. Um, now, that is also coupled with the um, process that then on Thursday, if all of a sudden you discover, oh, we need to address something, Wednesday's gone, on Thursday, if something comes up, you can bring it to the attention of, um, in our case, it would be Beth, you know, I need to add something to the agenda, and you can have a supplemental agenda go out on Friday morning. But the purpose of this is so that we don't have uh, a bottleneck as we approach the meetings where things are getting put in at the last minute. Um, it makes it, uh, it just makes things flow smoother. So that would be the suggestion. And, um, you know, I would suggest you do that in the broad context of, you know, adopting rules and procedures for the trustees. Um, you know, I think there are other things that can be addressed in that as well, but if you could bring it all into one document um, and then lay out how the agenda process works, I think that would be, uh, be something that would benefit everybody. I've been looking at the rules and procedures and trying to create a copy as a, as a template anyway for, for something for us to look at and we could all weigh in on that. Yeah, if you, if you go to American Legal Publishing, you know, they do Indian Hill, you know, they, they do a lot of municipalities, so you can see how other, um, you know, political subdivisions structure their rules and procedures, but um, I think that would be a useful um, thing to have just for, um, uh, you know, meeting start times, um, you know, the order of business. For my purposes, and I think the best purpose, um, you know, knowing that we can at a certain point in time say, okay, we don't have to worry about other things coming in, we can get all this together. Tracy, you look thrilled at that idea. 
Can I, can I go back to the uh, dates? So we're looking at the, f the first and third Tuesday of the month, 7 p.m., correct? 7 p.m., yeah. Um, so on January 5th would be our first meeting, and typically, oftentimes, we would skip that meeting because there was really no business. I mean, everybody was off for a whole week between yeah. Christmas and New Year, and well, we've done that in the past. Yeah. Like yeah. So, so I mean, do we? We're going to set. A, we're going to actually set a resolution in place that's going to dictate our our, our meeting times, and and I think it would be important for us to include that as an exception if we want to do that. I think it makes a lot of sense because there's really no business at that time. So yeah, yeah. That. So do you yeah, want we, do you want to go ahead and, and just have that resolution prepared for next month? That would be great. Yeah, and then we're, we're going to we're going to so we'll exclude. We'll only meet on the third. Uh, Tuesday of January, not the first. Right. Okay. Now that is a holiday. Now that'll be no. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the first Tuesday is January fifth. We will not meet yeah. on that. Correct. Tuesday. Yeah. And then we'll the meet 19th. on the nineteenth. That's good. And then of course, you know, like we had come up with election day We're this year, that was not something I believe that was in last year's resolution. So the board's always got the ability yes. to amend this on yep. the fly. Yeah. So but I think if we're if we're putting a, a resolution together, we might as well try to include those things that, that we can already that one we forecast. Yeah. Do, do and I guess the only other one would be November. Uh, yeah. uh, there'll be election day, November the first first Tuesday as well. So yeah. Yeah. we probably want to include that in the resolution also. Yeah. I'll do that. Thank you. Um, I have conflicts sometimes, so th this may require us to adjust our zoning boards, um, like Martin Luther King. If that's true, good point. We would we would we would typically you know since we're closed on Martin Luther King we would push uh, the the zoning board meeting to to the following Tuesday. Um, Can we, you bump it to the next Wednesday or something just to yeah I mean we'll we'll just have to adjust yeah. I mean I mean of course they're subordinate to you know the trustee schedule so um, but the the sooner we can establish this then then you know. We we can start working on a revised schedule for. And our you can boards. cherry pick your days just off the calendar because you'll know you'll know what when you're going to have a conflict. Yeah, that's um, fine. So November second would be the other uh, date that we would um, uh, mm -hmm. exclude. Tuesday next year. Yes. Just just consider the looking at December right now. So we're scheduled for a Tuesday workshop on the first, a Thursday meeting on the third th this year, and then a workshop on the 15th, 15th current schedule so then we're going one two three four five weeks basically until our first meeting of the year i mean we could we could conceivably move that 15th to the 22nd but it doesn't create a problem for anybody yeah. else that way it gives us a little more space right yeah that would be good yeah. okay so the 15th we got a lot of people off that week well that's yeah. right. so yeah. the 21st yeah well that's true it's christmas week I mean, you can always call a special. We can call it. The only thing, the five weeks in there, I mean, we may run into a problem paying some bills, so we would call a special meeting. Yeah. The only other thing I would throw out there, um, as some of you know, I represent another jurisdiction that meets on the first, I'm sorry, on the Monday. On the second and fourth Mondays, but we're doing the first and third Tuesday, so. I was worried because you mentioned MLK and then Columbus Day, but I won't have that issue because it's the opposite week. Okay. There's a couple other things, I guess. Number one, have we uh, talked to uh, Rob Ebel to make sure that he's available on those days? I guess we haven't. Yes, we need to do that. We need to do that. Elliot's nodding yeah, so. He's got other folks. Us the high oh, side. He's You're good? Up. We're good? He said we're good. Okay. Perfect. Hi. Okay. Um, and one last thing, I guess. Um, I was on a uh, Zoom call with the governor and uh, uh, Bill Seitz on uh, last week, and um, we um, 
I brought to their attention that we really needed, um, as you know, the Zoom uh, for us to meet remotely uh, expires December 1st. Mm -hmm. And so I got assurances from Bill Seitz that they will fix that problem and get And the governor agreed that he would sign it to extend it. I did not get a commitment on the extension date, but um, uh, I suspect that uh, uh, it probably will bring us through probably the springtime is my guess because they're it's anticipating cool. increases in COVID. So yeah. <clears throat> whatever it's worth, um, I think that 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 wouldn't really alter our timetable. It would only alter how we maybe how we go to right how we hit meet it and yeah. go to meetings. Yeah. I, I do think it is a good idea here to also go to the two evening meetings a month rather than the workshops. Yeah. I think it's more accessible to the public to be able to come in too. And it, it always struck me as a little silly or duplicative to have a meeting on a Tuesday morning and then Thursday of the same week. Yeah, anyway. I think I think originally the, the, the Tuesday meetings were staff meetings, so we would get yeah. together with mm -hmm. staff and we would and it was geared more towards being a staff meeting right. more than a. Uh, a full-blown public meeting yeah. but, uh, but but with that noted question for Deepak about this and just with meeting noticing requirements and having to notice special meetings if we determine at some point we do need to have a workshop on the other hand would it make sense to go ahead and schedule workshops expecting most of them to be canceled so they are already part of the regular schedule or is that just overkill I think that's overkill okay I mean I think the township has a pretty good system for providing notice to the public and those folks have asked for it in particular so okay um, I, I'm fine with just uh, going with the established meetings on the first and third Tuesday and mm -hmm. then you know we'll do the special ones as needed mm -hmm. I, I suspect as uh, we get into it you know it'll end up being that we have at best three or four of those throughout the year mm -hmm. yeah I did a lot of, I did a lot of phone calls and and uh, every almost every township Anderson has one workshop but everybody else workshops is needed workshops as needed and uh, most of them said no we, we seldom have them okay next is the trustee can we uh before we do that can we just put one other thing for ray um you want, okay you're going to draw up a resolution for the next meeting uh i was going to draw it up for the december meeting okay yes that that's okay? good yeah. good um uh, i received a uh, uh contact from a dillonville resident um who is complaining and they're, they're telling me, I, I don't know this to be fact, but they're telling me that their neighbors are all in the same boat. And that is um, Rumkey, the Rumkey driver has told them that Sycamore Township contacted Rumkey and told them not to pick up anything except what's in a trash can. So if they lay an extra bag down or an extra box down or whatever, um, they're not picking it up, they're leaving it there. And uh, I don't know who at Sycamore Township would possibly why why tell would the, we do tell that? the driver yeah. to do yeah. that yeah. i can tell you they're doing it because they're doing it at my house yeah yeah no, they're and, not uh, doing it at my house i leave i've got a bunch yeah. of stuff out and i leave I mean, everything seriously they, they take it they take my stuff they us to take they everything do now they don't so i think this is a isolated dillonville situation and it's probably the same driver as my guess and so um i guess we probably need to contact rocky and try to find out what the heck's going on because uh um this has been happening now for I think they told me four or five weeks. Can we have one of the, can we have an address of at least one of them? That's uh, it's on, my, on Mantel. 8563 Plainfield Road. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Hey, do they know who you are? Yeah, Trace it. Who do you want to have? Who do you want to have contact with? Who do you want to contact with? I'll take care of it. I think Ray could Ray could Ray do, can do it. Okay. Yeah, take care of it. Trustees, comments? Yeah, um, I want to uh, thank Mr. Eichmann, Jim Eichmann, for his 12 years of service to Sycamore Township. Mm -hmm. 
as a member of the Board of Zoning Appeals, with eight of those uh, as chairman of the board. Mr. Eichmann has been a pillar of in our, a pil has been a pillar of our community, both in business as well as serving the community through his extensive charity work. Jim retired from Cincinnati Bell as the VP of Sales and went on to consult with various companies, including a three-year stint with Hawaiian Telecom. He has served on many charitable and civic boards besides his time on the Board of Zoning Appeals, including the Boy Scouts, WCET, Little Sisters of the Poor, the boards of both Moeller, and, Moeller High School and St. Ursula Academy, and he served as member of the United Way Citywide Cabinet. Jim is also a 20-year member of the Cincinnati Rotary, one of the largest Rotary groups in the country, and serves in a, leading, a leader capacity of volunteers at the Western and Southern Tennis Tournament. Jim's daughter recent, was recently transferred to Florida for her job, and as of a couple of weeks ago, Jim has purchased a new residence in Florida to spend more time during their winter and be closer to his daughter. He felt that it, would, it wouldn't be fair to remain on the board when, when he may have conflicts on attendance. I want to I once again thank Jim for his dedicated service to our community and wish him all the best in, in his well-earned retirement. And then... Uh, How many years did you say? Uh, he was on for 12 years, eight as chairman. Mm -hmm. And then the only other thing I want to do is clear up and uh, uh, clear up something that happened at the last meeting, and that was um, uh, Mr. LaBarbera, you had suggested that um, that I had sent a text to Mr. Warwick on uh, February 6, 2019, when in reality I did not have a... You said you, you were suggesting that I knew Ray... <laughs> And I didn't know Ray. Let me just finish this, please. Sure, and so uh, uh, what I actually did was um, I received a text from two people that were at the Civic Association meeting, both of them telling me that, uh, that Mr. Warwick had suggested that Tom Whedon might be a, quote, big government guy. And so uh, uh, they both sent me the text during the meeting. And um, so I, in turn, went to Facebook and... Although it says you're not friends on Facebook. I went to Facebook and I sent him a, here's a copy of it. I sent him a Facebook message uh, saying, I'm a little surprised you think I'm a big government guy. Curious what you would, what, what would give you that impression, which of course he didn't respond to. But I wanted to clarify that I went to Facebook to do that and I did not text him because you, that implies that I had his phone number and I knew him when I was trying to explain to you well, that I, I just, didn't really know Ray. Yeah, well, most people don't, you know, just text somebody. but. I understand now, but I will say that I was at that meeting. I only went to two civic association meetings, and I'm not a member of that group. But he did praise you a lot. <coughs> praised you a number of times okay, well, I appreciate in that, that meeting, about three, I four times. That. He praised you, and that. And so I, I just want to clear that up, not because of what he said or didn't say, but because I wanted to. Okay. You implied that I had his phone well, number, was, and I knew Ray before this, and I did, really didn't know Ray. And that's how I communicated with him. And I'm happy to submit this for the record so that we can put it in there if, it, if that is required. But that, that's all I got today. Thanks. Mr. James? Uh, I, I will just add, uh, as to Mr. Eichmann's service, that, that's greatly appreciated in the township. I've sat in on uh, many PZA meetings where he was the chair, and he was very able at running the meeting and keeping it moving along. I was critical of him recently over an incident which occurred, but I certainly recognize his long service to the township, and it's very much appreciated. So, thank you. And I worked with him for six and a half years on the board, and he, he did a very good job. You know. Um, I don't have any comments. I'm glad we're uh, the rules and procedures for a meeting. DPOC will 
kind of do a, maybe we can have some ready for the next workshop, maybe even get a, an outline or some kind of a form going and work with the guys and see what we come up with. And as far as announcement changes for scheduled meetings, events without changes, see our website uh, calendar. Next Trustees Workshop meeting is Tuesday, November 17th at 9 a.m. We're going to go to executive session now. It is. Excuse me, I just, I just have one question. Um, usually there was on the agenda uh, communications and comments from the fiscal officer. Do, do you have some? I do, I do. Okay, have some. would you pass them down to me, please? Sure. I'll read them. As we're doing that, we were talking about the schedule. I do have a question. We had a records commission meeting set last month, I guess, and then it was postponed um, for some reason. Is that reset yet? No, but it will be. Uh, okay, thanks. Okay, Are we required to do that each year? Yes. So we need to do it within the calendar year? Yes. Okay. Nobody checks if you don't, but yes. Most people don't. <laughs> okay, we do have two, and as I said before, we are not going to acknowledge or read publicly any, anything that is defamatory remarks about anybody on the board or any administrator or any employee in the township. It hasn't been done in the past, and it ended today. It ended tonight. So there's going to be no more uh, further communication? No, there can be system. communications. Absolutely, we want communication. I didn't will, see anything on get, the agenda. Wait, excuse me. Let me I, okay, I just want to know what's We're going to get back to these people, and I believe I've already contacted both of these people so when you get a negative thing and you have never done this in 12 years have you ever attacked a member like you you did I, i'm not attacking anyone when you these are communications that came well, that's directed right. to the township that i've and been that's fine you just heard what i said we've already contacted as a matter of fact i'm looking at both of these emails and if you you can get in touch with these people also whenever they send an email you get in touch with they them. didn't send it to me well they sent them to the township. I got it. I responded to them. Uh, yes, you did. It says you got it. I did get it. Yeah, because it, it, well, it came through the township. It came to the township. Yeah, what well, did you get? It says your name on it. On both of yeah. these. No, of okay. course I got them. I got them sitting okay, in front well, of me. Okay, well, then just respond. We're going to respond. We're not. So I just want to. So no. So it's a privilege. It's not a right to either stand up and and speak or to send an email. So from now on, I have to. Run every communication. You give them to me and I'll read them. I, you give them to me and I'll read them as the chairman of the board. And, that, and that's then that's, that's the change yes. procedure now. Yes. You're, my, Has that been discussed with the other trustees, or did you just? I'm making that? that. I'm making that now, and anybody can. Any of the trustees can read something if they want, but you're not going to read something that's a. So I'm not going to be reading anything anymore. If you have something you want to read, it's complimenting you or Tracy or Penny. Go ahead and do that. And looking through. A dozen years of correspondence, there's never been a negative thing said well, about anybody in the township. And there was we've never gotten 50 communications before either. Okay, we're going to make a motion now at 929. We've already gone over this over and over and over again the last few minutes. You, we no, heard from this, you. This was we a, heard from I, you. I saw, the, I saw the agenda today, and I saw for the first time that there was no communications and no uh, fiscal officer's comments. I didn't know, I wasn't aware that the trustees had decided to remove well, you that want, from the Do you have a agenda? comment you want to make? Go ahead and make a comment. Huh? Do you, you have something you want to say? Yeah, I want, how, how do you unilaterally make a change to the, uh, uh, agenda that we've had for months or years on your own emotion. This agenda changes all the time. 
and, and, and talking to other townships. Okay, so you're all about transparency and all, and yeah, you just remove communications from the... No, uh, we town. have communications. But we absolutely it, have it, communications. In Rob's defense, he's saying that you we had a slot on there for communications. That well, we'll put a slot back. Order, we will put the slot. We just got he, the two that was, we had. Uh, what he was doing is questioning why it was removed. And if it was a, a removed because you, Mr. Chairman, you had uh, removed it, or Mr. Warwick had removed it, he's trying to find out what, why it was, re why he was removed off the. I think that's a legitimate question. Okay, I, it's it's removed from there. I know it's removed. He's yeah. one, he wants to know why, or or who did it, who made the decision to take him off. That's what I, is that what you're asking? That's exactly what I'm asking. I'm, I'm assuming that's okay. I said to take him off. Okay. I said That's okay. He's, just asking, the, he's asking said, you the question. I said to take it off. Okay. He I asked said you the question. And so from now on, I'll read the communications. So now, he, so I, now he, all, that's all he wanted to know. He wanted to know who yeah. made the decision. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know how he became good. in charge of that anyway in the first place. Gentlemen, if I could suggest it's 930, can we move on to executive session? Exactly. I would session. agree. I make exactly. a motion to go into executive session. Uh, to adjourn into executive session with the law director's epoch size permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22. Preparing for, conducting, or reviewing negotiations or bargaining sessions with public employees concerning their compensation or other terms and conditions of their employment. It is now 9:31. I'm inviting back to the motion to the uh, meeting. Let me get this in. Uh, Chief Penny, uh, Tracy Kellams, Skylar Miller, Rob Porter, the three trustees, Deepak, and Administrator Ray Warwick. So, Jason, you're excused. Okay, well, we have a second in the motion. We need a vote. Yes. vote. Mr. Weaver? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBarber? Aye. Sure, you're welcome. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. No. Okay, I'll let him know. Rob, you going to let Rob know? Yep. Thank you. And then we're not doing anything. All we're just doing is yes. motion to adjourn. You come back, you take the roll, and then adjourn. You can take off tomorrow, okay? <laughs> One of the rules and procedures is the meeting ends at 8.45 regardless. <laughs> Thank you. Is that a.m. or Thursday? No, that, that's, that is Thursday. Hey, what do you think you're doing, poll count? Oh, that doesn't work that way. Well, because DeWine's of the bars have to be closed at 10, too, you know, so we've got to get out in time to go somewhere. Depends on where you go. <laughs> is he, are we up? Go. It is now 10:16. We're back in our regular session. Do we have a motion to adjourn? Well, no, no. Take attendance. Oh, wait. Roll call. Hold on. We are now back in our regular session. Uh, take a roll call. Mr. Weedman. Present. Mr. James. I am here. Mr. LaBarbera here. Mr. Deepak is here, and also uh, our administrator Ray Warwick. Do we have a motion to adjourn? Motion. Second. All in favor, say aye. 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 Thank you. Please stay safe and healthy. It's 1017.